Hey, everybody, Rob here. Before you listen to this week's recap of the reverse people, I'm very excited to announce that we're going to have a special interview with the writer of this episode, Spike Barristan. That is going to be coming into the podcast feed early this upcoming week. So be on the lookout for that. That is going to be a standalone episode of the Seinfeld Post Show Recap. Enjoy the reverse people. Seinfeld, the reverse peephole is over, but we're just getting started here on Seinfeld, the post-show recap, a podcast about nothing. And now, here are just a couple of fancy boys, a dandy. Are we dandies or fancy boys, Keeve? I'm Rob Sister. Here's Akiva Winokur. Keeve, how are you? I don't know about dandies. I'm not sure we could even say that. You can't even say dandies? I'm not sure really what it we're meant. We're talking so about I, ourselves. I yeah, I mean, I guess you could call yourself whatever you want. I don't know. I don't, I'm not sure. I don't I don't know like if it's like a if it's considered a bad word now. I assume it's not, but it just seems like it's uh, like this outdated sort of. Uh, although the word "dandy" also the word "dandy" is like also means dated. Okay, there's two, there's, there's two definitions. It means dated and like someone who's like a fancy boy. Whatever we mean uh, is the least offensive term to all people. That's what we right. were. That's what we were going for. Only offensive to ourselves. Yeah, that's right. All right, Keeve. So uh, we have a lot to do. A very uh, fun week of the podcast coming up here because uh, we are not just talking about the reverse people. We're going to have the opportunity to speak with the man who put pen to paper or fingers to word processor in early 1998 for the reverse people, Mr. Spike Ferriston. You know, we have a list of questions to ask Spike, but that would be a good question. Like, in 1998, and even more interesting, like in 1995, 96, like how were they writing the scripts? Were you typing on a typewriter? Were you was it an old school computer? Were you physically writing them on paper? That's possible too. Do people care about that? Are people going to be just like uh... no? We're not going to ask that, but okay. it is an interesting question. Like I would place bets. I would be very curious. Yeah, because any of them are an option. Like people still have typewriters in like 97, 98. Yep, that's true. It is uh, possible. I, I would guess like sort of like crappy word processor would be if I was going to uh, going to guess how it was. Or, you know, these uh, like people that work on a TV show, they might have just like written it in hand and then like handed it in to like some uh, assistant to type it. But that being said, Keith, uh, we're going to talk with uh, Spike, of course, host of the podcast one Spike's Car Radio, another podcast on the great podcast one network. Uh, yeah, we're pod cousins, I guess. Pod cousins. Yeah. Did you make that up? I mean, I just made it up now. I do think um, like it's kind of insulting that we have not been invited on his car show since we're such car experts. <laughs> right, right. I think he actually takes people in the car. I think it's uh, in some ways, I think it's similar to uh, what Jerry Seinfeld does on uh, celebrities in cars uh, getting coffee. But comedians in cars getting coffee. Whatever. You know what the show is. <laughs> Stop it. You would have gotten four emails, uh, Rob. It's not celebrities in cars. Stop it. Comedians. Uh, you don't think... I'm sure Johnny would have been good for one email. He, you know, Johnny yeah, he's a stickler. He's a stickler. He's like our Kramer. But before we get to this episode, Keith, we did have some uh, Seinfeld-related news uh, to discuss. Uh, we have a Curb Your Enthusiasm season nine premiere date. Yeah, as first revealed by this podcast, right? We did say a few weeks ago that um, that's what that, we were that projecting. Moves... Well, yeah. Well, we we had a we had an inside source, right? I think. Uh, 
J.B. Smoove came on and said uh, that, you know, he spoke out of school, out of turn, and said that he thought it would be October 1st, and, and that's what it is. Curb is coming back October 1st, just uh, a couple months from now. Okay. All right. Uh, and how does that coincide with our timing? I think, uh, basically, we could finish Seinfeld and go straight into the Curb season premiere. Man, I mean, we have one week to beat. play with. but Yeah. Without missing a beat. Wow, yeah. look at that. I mean, play with, but yeah. this is, uh, you're a religious man, Keeve. Uh, I, now I am, after finding yes. this out. I mean, uh, you know, I, I sort of like have wavered at various points in my life. But to me, this is the uh, greatest coincidence and sign of a higher power in my entire life. Yeah, I don't know if that says like that you haven't seen a lot of higher powers or if this is like uh, we're underestimating how great this coincidence is. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Like. We did this for three and a half years, and we always said, like, well, if Curb comes back, like, we could do both, or, you know, we could we could stop Seinfeld and do Curb. Like, we don't know. And now, we, you know, it literally one leads into the other. Yeah, I mean, we could have started this at any point in time, and to have this 180-week journey line up exactly with the date that uh, Curb Enthusiasm uh, final season could kick off, I mean, this is insane to me. Um, yeah, no, it's crazy. I feel like it's a cool coincidence and it's just a sign that we, uh, you know, we should go ahead with this project and keep going. Yeah. I think it's a, uh, a signal. So, uh, we can go ahead and, uh, dive into that. Of course, uh, we have a lot to get to still. How many weeks of Seinfeld are we still recapping, including this episode? There's 13 episodes left. So, I mean, I guess you knock off one for the... I guess two for the double episodes because the finale is two, but really one. And if we're going to do the high, you know, the equivalent of the highlights of the hundred, which is the, uh, you know, the clip show at the end, then, uh, sign, then, then that's uh, two weeks. So really 11 episodes left, including today. Okay. So after next week, we're down to the final 10. Yes. Next oh week, we're God. into the final 10 episodes of this podcast. Correct. Did you officially have an answer on whether Chester was going to be filling in for you for a week? And does that affect our timing? Oh, good question. Uh, so we did a poll, Chester. In order for Chester to take over me for a week while I'm on vacation, he needed 40% of the vote. Okay. We gave, him a, we gave him a big curve, like his teachers used to give him in high school, so he would pass his classes. And... Uh, with 41% of the vote, winning by just three votes, Alexander Chester will be joining us, um, you know, joining you. I will just be a, a, an emailer, a mailbag guy, and I'll listen to the podcast like everyone else uh, at some point in the next uh, six weeks. Okay. All right. Do we know uh, which episode that's going to be? I think we should, like, surprise people. Maybe okay. we shouldn't say. All right. Uh, do you want to give any sort of last chance for people to write in and veto and say, I'll unsubscribe if you do that? No, don't encourage people to unsubscribe. <laughs> I mean, people, a few, the, the no's were upset. I feel like the yeses were like, okay, like, let's, you know, you guys said you'd mess with the format in season nine. Let's play with it. The no's like Kaya, who's been listening, I think, since the beginning, said when the, you know, when the poll ended, she said it was the worst day of her life. Oh, no. <laughs> 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 yeah okay well i'm sorry to say that i mean she's had a pretty good life then yeah i mean you'd have to think like if if that's the worst that's happened i mean unless you really hate chester like it's possible she's known like unknown tragedies but like she just detests chester mm-hmm. all right keep well let's dive into talking about the uh, reverse people which i actually really did enjoy i feel like that there was uh nothing just not to spoil the podcast but i feel like there was nothing going on here in this episode that uh really got me worked up 
Yeah, it's it's not one of these insane season nine episodes where they're really reaching for the stars or it's practically science fiction. Like it's a pretty throwback, like middle season. Uh, you know, we're going to a party and then things happen at the party and then there's sort of like, you know, fallout from that. It's it's you know, we've seen it before, but, you know, right. we do see some uh, new things. in this. It's episode. a smaller in scope episode. Yeah. I mean, Kramer with the reverse people is wacky, but it's not otherworldly. It's not it's not Kramer putting up a, a talk show set. It's taking something that exists in his apartment and reversing it. Yeah, you know everything with the uh, with the fur coat and uh, Jerry uh, walking around with the with the purse and George's wallet. Those are all like very small stories, which I think are very character driven. And I think this is a really fun show. Yeah, and you get to see like Elaine and George, and I guess Newman being like about as evil as they've been. And uh, it's always fun when characters are just completely mean spirited. Okay, so the episode starts with Elaine at Monk's, and they're putting down a plate in front of her, and they say, uh, don't touch the plate, it's hot, and then she touches it. Keith, does this seem out of place for you here in a diner? I mean, Elaine is not ordering uh, fajitas in a Mexican restaurant. How hot is the plate at Monk's all of a sudden? What was on it? Was it tea? I think it was a burger. It was a burger? Yeah, that is weird. I, I Maybe, like, I don't know. And also just the scene is is... Uh, like a little bit out of place for where we normally start, like just with Elaine and, you know, it, it plays into the next joke where Putty touches it too, but not again after that. So it's a little bit of a throwaway line. Right. If you are at a steakhouse, like Ruth Chris has like, uh, you know, uh, plates heated to like 150 degrees or something like that, you're getting a piece of like, they're, they're, like it's still cooking when they serve it to you. That makes sense. Don't touch the plate. I've never heard of like you go to a diner and they serve you a sandwich like, oh, this plate is scorching hot. Your bread is being toasted as you sit. Yeah, what's the one where they, like, cook everything right in front of Benny you? Hana. Like, Benny Hanna or something, right. right? Like, isn't there fire on the table then? There's fire. You sure, they're cooking on a hibachi in front of you, but the plate's not hot. Right. Uh, yeah, so that's interesting. I think um, uh, th- there's almost nothing in a diner, right, that should be like, oh, if you touch this, you're going to get burnt. Right. This is some, you know, one of the writers saying, oh, like, uh, why do they do that? Why do they always tell you that? And then, and then you touch the plate when they tell you how hot it is. Uh, just trying to work that into monks. Uh, so here comes uh, Putty, and Putty is wearing the uh, the man fur, the fur coat. And Elaine has never seen this fur coat before. Uh, she'll tell us in the next scene they never dated in the winter. Uh, but here it is. Uh, the man fur, is that still a thing, Keeve? I mean, I think furs are a little bit out of... Uh... Out of style, I think like the PETA types or just any you know animal rights people probably got to the furs. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just think they were more popular in the '90s in general than they are now. Yeah, like things come in and out, and I think they're out right now. I could see the fur coming back. I think that there's so much that if something is frowned upon, I do think that there are some people that say, "Oh, people will uh, be outraged if I do this." Now I want to do that thing. Now I want to wear fur. Sure, but in general, I think it's a little less popular. I mean, you could th- certainly, if you, you you know, if it was cold in the winter, you walked down, I'm sure you'd see, like, uh, in the city, you would see, um, you know, some men in fur, but not as many as you would have in 1998. Okay. All right, uh, back at Jerry's apartment, Elaine is uh, explaining about how uh, Putty with this fur coach, you never dated him in the winter, and I thought that this is an interesting moment where Jerry is asking Elaine, oh, okay, I get it, because you're anti-fur. And Elaine is a little bit like, eh, at this point in season nine, you know, if this was a season three episode, 
it would be Elaine is outraged her boyfriend has a fur coat. This is that aesthetically she can't believe he has a fur coat. Right. I do like I, I like the like I'm too tired to care anymore because it's season nine. <laughs> you know, I've been dealing with this for so long. Like I'm, I'm no longer, uh, you know, like I'm no I, I can't get too passionate about this argument. I, they say that people do this with politics. Also, they just start caring less as sometimes as they get older. Like, all right, I. I fought all my battles at this point. Like I only that care. has not been my experience, Keev. In, ter- in <laughs> I feel like the people that most uh, want to talk about it. I feel like there's more young people that are like, ah, eh, yeah. I think like millennials don't matter? care. I know. I don't think people stop caring. I think sometimes people like switch sides when they're older, also because it's like, you know, not worth fighting the yeah. battles. That you I, I don't fight. think you should say millennials don't care. I think there's a, there's a lot of there's a lot of people, uh, a lot of younger people that do care a lot. And then I feel like there's a lot of people in the middle that don't care. Right. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Keeve, Elaine seemed to be, like, really working on her foot in this scene. Like, she uh, had some sort of, like, foot injury. Am I missing something? Like, I, I, why, why does her foot hurt? Right. Why is her foot hurting her? She seems like she's really, like, massaging her foot. I know we're talking about a massage chair, but Elaine is almost like, oh, I've been walking around in these heels all day. She, like, she really is, like, wor- needing her foot during this scene. I don't know. I mean, it, maybe she, like, Julie actually heard it in real life. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know exactly um, if there was something that got cut. But she seems like it's just weird because it's never mentioned in the script. And, you know, in these TV shows, like, nobody just coughs on a TV show. I don't understand what's going on with Elaine's foot. Maybe somebody could uh, tell us if I missed something. But anyway, we uh, have a party coming up. Joe Mayo is moving. And they saw the chair to get uh, Joe Mayo for he uh, is uh, going to get this new apartment. New apartment gift. Have you heard about this, Keith? Yeah, we got an email from Chester. He said he's mad that he just moved and neither of us got him a new apartment gift. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, the, you, I guess like a housewarming gift, Yeah, uh, you know. Can I tell you even more ridiculous? What? The, we, um, are, we have uh, friends moving out of the neighborhood, two couples, and we're having a goodbye party next week, and it's very nice and, you know, Everyone will get together and you'll say goodbye to them. No problem with that. No problem throwing them a goodbye party. And But then they're like, oh, also you have to like chip in for uh, – I'm sure I'm going to get in trouble for saying this because some of these people will listen. Um, that some of the – like let's chip in and get them a gift also. Mm-hmm. And my philosophy is like they're moving away from our neighbor. And they're moving – let's say it's an hour away. Like we're never going to see them again unless you're like super close with them. And they're moving out of the neighborhood. Like if they loved it – like let's say you lived in a house. And next door were, like, your best friends. And the other side were your other best friends. And, like, Tyson lived near you. And uh, Stephen Fishback and Josh Wiggler all lived on your block. You would be less likely to move from that block, right? Even if, like, let's say your house was more expensive or you could get a better house an hour away, you'd probably make sacrifices to stay there, right? Mm-hmm. So what do you saying? You don't want to get them a, a present because they're moving away? What present do they want? No, I think they should. No, uh, just the opposite. They should give us a present. Uh, you know, like, I'm always <laughs> going to trade. Like, I would rather like, OK, here's twenty five dollars. I don't want to be uh, bothered with having to fight this. So, like, I will like uh, I- I'll pay the uh, the tax of you just here. Don't bother me anymore with this rather than put up a fight on, in a situation like that. I hear you. I know. I, oh, I'm listen. I trust me. I'm not fighting it. And I'm grateful to the people who are putting it together. And I really have no complaints. I'm just saying, like, it's a little weird because really they're leaving. Like, I'm sure I don't. I didn't ask them they're leaving. Like, people. One of the reasons you're moving, you leave a neighborhood is like, oh, I want to find like better friends elsewhere. Mm, you know, 
No, I don't think anybody's that driven to find new friends. If someone is leaving the neighborhood, if it's like an outright rejection of of the people who live there. Well, mm-hmm. obviously a big part is housing and schools and that sort of thing, but you know, it's got to be it's on it's on the agenda. Yeah, but it's like tenth on the list. I don't think it's that high of a priority. Uh, for some people. For some people. Uh, but, Keeve, this massage chair, I mean, this is a very lavish gift for an apartment warming, no? Yeah, people wrote in and said that. It's A lot of people wrote in and said that. It's too nice of a gift. Too nice of a gift. Now, what was the gift that they were getting the Drake when the Drake was having the engagement party? Because in a, in a lot of ways, this is uh, a throwback to everybody chipping in on a gift. Yeah, it is similar to that. Um, Down to George's reaction was it a being television. Um, let's see. Uh, Drake. It was and... a TV, a big screen TV. They went to a mall for it, right? I think so. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. yeah. Uh, didn't it break? Doesn't it, doesn't she break it or something at the end? Let me see. Um, uh, I think that she ends up uh, maybe not. In she that breaks episode. up with him. She right. breaks up with him. Right. Uh, so they're getting a present for the Drake, and so in that case, it was a big screen TV for the Drake. Boy, it's uh, definitely a good thing to be friends with the core four when it comes down to getting gifts. And really, this is the core three, as we'll get into, but there's no Kramer involved in this. Well, it's interesting, though, because uh, at the end of the episode, Kramer doesn't seem to know who Joe Mayo is, but Jerry, in the dialogue at this point in the episode, he says, Kramer said it's a perfect gift. That's what we're getting him. So did Kramer say that, or is Jerry sort of like having a Mandela effect here with the Drake? Uh, I don't, I don't know. It's a good question. I, I, or is Kramer I'm, just sort of like a space cadet of like he has never met Susan before, and he just doesn't remember that he was in on it. I mean, again, we have like the drug issue. We don't know why Kramer doesn't. Question remember. for Spike. Let's just table this whole discussion. We we this is the <laughs> one day that we have the answer uh, coming. Uh, does Kramer really know Joe, Joe Mayo? Kramer know Joe Mayo. I mean, this is the only Mayo mention, right? This episode, mm-hmm. uh, and he's not at the party. By the way, we could get we could get into this also uh, in a few scenes. But when Jerry's girlfriend magically appears midway through the episode, one of the only like girlfriends magically appearing midway through the episode of the series, we said we had a breakup at like the eight minute point. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in a, in a recent episode, and we said, oh, this is like the earliest that's been done. She comes in midway, and then they retcon the fact that she was at the party, even though we never see her at the party. She wasn't tapping on the fish tank. Was that her? I thought it was. Oh, maybe that was her. Yeah. But we've never met her yet, so we have no reason to, like, know that. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a good point. She sort of, they uh, slide her in there. But I'm pretty sure that's supposed to be the same person. She taps on the fish tank. probably right. I didn't think about that because you never see her beforehand. Right. And you see Jerry talking to a girl. It's still weird. Okay. Okay. All right. uh, So the massage chair is available at Bloomingdale's. George is not paying Bloomingdale's prices for that. He's going to look into it. Of course, uh, if this took place now, he'd be able to shop online. He's like looking in the newspaper in different uh, spots in the episode to try to have it delivered. Uh, But he says he has a sixth sense about these things. Jerry says that cheapness is not a sixth sense. I kind of disagree on that. Yeah. I feel like that. Cheapness can be the. the Finding a deal, though. The ability to save money is definitely a skill. It's a sixth sense. Yeah. I I think I'm with uh, George on that. Anyway, so Joe Mayo also gives you a job at the party. So when you show up, Joe Mayo, I got to have it handed to him. Uh, He's got like this party running like a well oiled machine. It's a really, it's a good party. Everyone has a gig. The problem is, like, would you want to go to a party where everyone has a gig? Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> yeah, there is something that seems not fun about it that everybody has a role. Like, is there a, a rotation, like a volleyball game where everybody moves on to the next job? I don't, I think maybe from party to party, like Jerry clearly lost his gig as the music guy last time, and that's why he's a fish tank guy. He was out. Time. Right. So we'll see if uh, Joe Mayo ever has another party in uh, some future Seinfeld project uh, in the Seinfeld verse. Anyway, uh, Kramer and Newman come in. They need pliers. Boy, you know, they're always borrowing tools from Jerry. Jerry seems to be one of the least handy people around, yet there yeah, people a lot they, of tools. Constantly borrowing tools from him down to the point where he had a belt sander in his apartment a couple of weeks ago. It's crazy how many tools he has. A naked belt sander. It's crazy how many tools he has. But and also so like he only he has them until Kramer breaks them, and then I assume he doesn't get new ones. Yeah. So reverse peephole is happening. Uh Keeve, how good of an idea is the reverse peephole? Literally, uh it's a zero on a scale of one of zero to ten. <laughs> You don't think there's anything there. I mean, that you, there's all these people that, I mean, this is a pre-Nest world where you could not do any sort of surveillance on your own home from far away. It's a zero out of ten? I mean, what, why, like, do you want something, like, would you put a reverse people on your door, on your office door, even in your house? Like, of course not. Well, no, well, a, I, don't, I, don't, I need my wife looking no, in here. No, of course not. Doing. It's a zero. Mm-hmm. It's a zero, that idea. <laughs> in terms of, like, uh, how crafty Kramer was to do it. It's clever. It's funny to do for a day. But the idea of permanently having like that little privacy and you're inviting like criminals and stuff too. Mm-hmm. Right. To see if they could see if you're home or not. Exactly. It's nuts. Yeah. What about a reverse peephole? Let me see if I can imp- improve on the idea. Okay. So reverse peephole with a shutter when you know, uh, let's see. What about this? Some sort of like a lock that locking mechanism. Well, then, then the person would hear you. Yeah, no, it's a bad idea. <laughs> Can't come up with a way of making it work. Uh, the only thing I could, I could say is that maybe if there's like a shutter on it, that you can uh, close the shutter when you're home. Um, yeah, I, if you could shutter the reverse peephole. Yeah, like basically like what people do with like their webcam. Like basically, uh, you put a piece of duct tape on it when you're home. Not bad. I mean, it's you better. Could do that. It's better. That's what Mark Zuckerberg does it. Yeah. My wife has it, has, it, has it on all of her. Yeah. Not your phone, which is probably the one you actually need to do it on. Mm-hmm. Sure. But yeah, I think that the, what it, if we had like like two peepholes next to each other, one in, one out, and then you could shutter the one that's peeking in. Now, this is something. Yeah, that is something. That is something. You get both ways, I think. Yeah. I, 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 you know what? I like your idea. Thank I'm you. I'm fine with your idea. As long as it's, as long as it's shuttable. If you can shut the peephole, yes. I'm fine. Double peephole with shutter. I'm sold. Good. good. We're in. Okay. So Jerry has the model number for the chair if George is going to buy it. And uh, when Jerry pulls out his wallet, Kramer and Newman begin to scoff. Nice wallet. Who carries a wallet anymore? Kramer says, I thought that wallets went out with powdered wigs. And they're sh- they're wallet shaming Jerry. It's I mean wallets like yes the big wallet has become less and less stylish as the years have gone on. But the idea that they went out is insane. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that they're like that they you know that's like an 18th century thing. Kramer says the move is to uh, put all of your uh, bills and like fold them over like whatever cards and stuff that you have. Uh, put the big bills on the outside like a five. Keeve, is that the way to go? Because for me, I feel like that that is the best way to lose all your stuff. You know, I'm a wallet guy, so I don't, I don't, you know, uh, order the bills by money. 
because I, I think in a wallet it's less necessary than if you just have a wad, right? Mm-hmm. Like a billfold or something. Yeah. What you got a wad of bills, Keeve? Look at you. No, I mean I have. First of all, you know what I have? I have a lot of coins. That's my problem. <laughs> coins? <laughs> what are you doing with them? First of all, like the shekel is like a big coin currency. They have they have a coin that's worth like three bucks. It's very annoying. Yeah. Your kids take your wallet. They like not. They like take the coins. That to them that's like change. You know, it's not like a quarter. They're taking three bucks. Yeah. Wow. Uh, yeah, I've got sort of like a combo uh, type thing. It's like a money clip, but then there's like a spot for uh, credit cards and stuff. Yeah, no, I got the old fat wallet. I just don't have a lot in the fat wallet. <laughs> yeah. It's like a thick wallet, T-H-I-C-C, but it's not, it's, it, there's not that much going on in there. Just a couple of credit cards and some money. Is uh, thick a homonym? Like, why did you spell it? Right, have you been on the internet in 2017? You don't know about thick? Like, what, what are you saying? Like, thick, like, uh, like you're saying like, like, uh, body type? Yeah, yeah. That's what. That's it's what like you, a. It's like a Twitter thing. You yeah. don't know. You don't know thick. Like what? Like you would describe like a person's appearance as being thick. Exactly. But, but my wallet is thick. But why would that be different? Isn't it the usage exactly the same? I guess, but it's it's like meant in like an attractive way. Like, ooh, that's okay. you know. I can't say <laughs> it's it without spelled the same like way, right? Weeb. No, it's it's cc. What? T-H-I-C-C T-H-I-C-C like if, if you were going to say like a person is thick You say T-H-I-C-C Why? Why Why is the C? It's not I any don't know. quicker That's like, aren't you on, See this is what happens when you follow 2,000 people You actually follow no people Well who are you following that's saying that? Everyone's saying that You don't know. Everyone is saying that? People like you never heard of low key thick? <laughs> no No I have not and I'm pretty sure you have, shouldn't be saying it. <laughs> I can't say thick. Well, I didn't you say, shouldn't like, say low-key thick. Low-key thick? Well, let's say I say it ironically. Can I retroactively say that that was ironic when I said it? <laughs> Use it in <laughs> a sentence. Can Akiva get away with... I used to have a friend who would say, like, you're almost too, like, n- nerdy to say certain things. So he would yeah. give me, like, a list of phrases that I couldn't get away with saying. Yeah, right. Uh, okay. And I feel like low key thick would be there. Low key thick. Uh, low when, key thick. W- when do I? L- Twitter poll. Can Akiva get away with saying low key? Thick? Yeah. Zero yes. Hundred no. <laughs> yes. I mean, so what would be low key thick? Like I, I feel like that you're either uh... like deceptively thick. You're like it's underrated how thick that person is. Mm-hmm. Or the wallet. We're talking about wallets in this case. Okay. And and it's and it's guys guys can be thick and girls can be thick. Okay. All right, so and and then you didn't even realize it, but they were. That's the low key thick. Low key thick is like, ooh, you wouldn't realize, but that's low key thick. Okay, and we're talking about my wallet now, not a human being. Okay, all right. Well, thank you for the clarification. I feel like I, I, I've learned so much already today. Listen, I've, I'm nothing but an expert on what goes on on Twitter since I'm like there all day. Okay, so Keeve, we see Silvio the Super. Is this the first appearance of Silvio the Super? Yes. Now, if you remember, the Super in season two was a was a duo of people. Yes. Right? Yes. And Elaine was trying, in the apartment, Elaine was trying to uh, get an apartment. She was trying to give a $5,000, I guess you'd call it a bribe, mm-hmm. for uh, for the apartment. And then she was outbid at the very end of the episode by uh, um, a musician. We, we never heard from him again, but right? He was, like, playing loud music into Jerry's. Right. Uh, like, on top, was, the, the apartment must have been on top of Jerry. So we've never heard of Silvio before or after. Um, but here he is. So here's uh, Super Silvio, and he is uh, wondering what is Kramer doing, 
and Kramer explains it, and uh, he gets mad at first. He's like, ah, that's okay, you could do it. But when he finds out that Newman is doing it, he doesn't like him. He thinks that Newman is a troublemaker. He shares Jerry's opinion of Newman. Yeah, uh, Harold and Manny were the super's names. Yes, of course, the great Harold and Manny. I mean, who's nobody really likes Newman. It's insane that Kramer likes Newman, but Kramer's not a judgmental guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't imagine a lot of other people like Newman. Okay, well, Svetlana likes him. Although we have him. seen him have some real, ex- right, uh, some real success with the ladies. Uh, in the last couple seasons, right? He's an attractive girlfriend. Now he's got Svetlana. Right. He's doing something right with Right. Kramer's mom, certainly. He does seem mm-hmm. to, especially when he's like forbidden fruit, uh, that seems to be like when he excels. Also, that uh, in, uh, w- was that in uh, the, which episode was it where he was like sort of like doing like uh, Cyrano de Bergerac for Kramer? That he was try- feeding lines to Kramer so that he could uh, be with uh, the, the most beautiful woman in the world that Kramer was in oh, love the with. Soulmate, the soulmate. The soulmate. Yeah. yeah, the soulmate. yeah. So you got to give me something. Well, like, I was going to say it's the bookstore, but it's not the, it's, yeah. it takes place. It, it's an, right. uh, you there know, in fact is an episode called the bookstore, right, but this right. is just in the bookstore. Right, right, right. That's right. I didn't want to get this is why, up. and we would never, we would not have named that episode the soulmate. I forget what our name for that episode was, but again, this is why the vasectomy, maybe we were going to call it, mm-hmm. but um, you know, this is why we should have been naming the episodes and not LD and Larry. <laughs> sure. But uh, LD and Larry are the same person. LD and Jerry. Yes. I'm sorry. Yes. <laughs> but, all right. So, Keith, Jerry, and George are at Monk's. And uh, George finds a newspaper ad for the chair. It's in Delaware. He's going to order it. And uh, it's going to show up later on in uh, the episode. And so, George ends up talking about his wallet because Jerry's not going to do the wallet thing anymore. And he says he's George is married to this idea. Everything important needs a case. That's why everything important belongs in a wallet. I mean, I'm a, I'm team wallet, uh, so I, I'm with George. Just, I, but I'm also team anti hoarder. So you have the wallet, but you're only allowed like twelve things in the wallet. Although I do still have my college ID, and I always think to take it out. I'm like, I don't know, what if I need it? It's, it's like another picture ID. Like, what if I lose my license? What do you recommend? Um, do people once a year go through the wallet? Yeah, I think I think once a year you have, like, a day where it's like, okay, make tough decisions. If you can't, like, absolutely justify it, then it's got to go. Okay. And, like, you don't have to throw it in the garbage. If it's, like, it's something that's so painful, you know, it's eight. You have eight Subway sandwiches out of ten, but you haven't been to this subway store because you live four states away like maybe take it out and if you're going to go to that state put it back in your wallet who lives four states away from subway no like not literally subway the store but Mm -hmm. like a subway store where you get a 10 they don't do a give 10 punch cards yeah Yeah, but i'm saying a store like doesn't you know i don't i get it i got it we have an amazing uh in the mailbag we have a truly amazing wallet chester he sent us a picture but also a list chester made a detailed list his brother has a wallet that would put um, George Costanza's to shame. Wow. It had 20 different currencies in it. It's an amazing list. We'll get to it at the end here. It's crazy. Okay. Keeve, the uh, big wallet here, uh, that it is funny that uh, Jerry, uh, there's a hamburger in front of George. Uh, He says, uh, you've got more cow here than here. I think uh, one of the better jokes here in the episode. No, that is a good joke. Yeah. Uh, George has Irish money. He also has uh, a coupon for any participating Orlando area Exxon station to get a free Save the Tiger poster. Yeah, uh, I love that. I, I love that it's Orlando Exxon and that it's like something you wouldn't even want. It's a g- great detail. 
Keeb, uh, <laughs> should the day of the year that everybody cleans out their wallet, uh, should that be July 5th, International Pull and Peel yes. Twizzler Day? Yeah, you're at home. You probably take the day off work because you're not going to sit at your desk like a maniac and eat a whole thing of Pull and Peel Twizzlers. <laughs> uh, did we do a podcast since then? Did, I no, think that was, was it. That was it. Yeah. I, I The success of Pull and Peel Twizzler Day is maybe the greatest success in the history of this podcast, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, a little bit of dozens a, of people buying, buying Twizzlers. It yeah. was crazy. Uh, a little bit of a side effect uh, here. Let me just warn people. Yes. Uh, if people got the red, white, and blue one, as promised, I started Uh-oh. feeding them to my kids. And, oh, no. Uh, that they're, 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 it was not red, white, and brown? Well, that the, there there is that don't be alarmed because it is going okay. it is going to you may notice some some color changes. <laughs> oh uh, my gosh! Yeah, Just putting that out there. That's like, that's like disgracing the American flag. I will say you were the only person who sent us that one. Yeah. Also, your listeners are like, I mean, you might have more. We might have more Canadians listening to this podcast than Americans. Uh, that was possible. I mean, I I would every- say that it's 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 um like population wise. It's definitely like an inverse relationship in terms of like uh, the number of people between the two countries. It's crazy. Yeah, the Canadian. Uh, do, the Canadian do, do, you, do you mean Seinfeld or do you mean all of your Rob has a podcast universe? I mean, a lot of the shows that I do, I'd say like we probably have like maybe like 35, 40 yeah. percent uh, Canadian listeners. Which is crazy because America, you know, the United States is so many times larger in terms of population, of course, than Canada. Um, but. I mean, almost every bag, and we got sent a lot of bags, had French lettering or like was clearly like a Canadian package that wasn't available. Like there was some cool ones like Coca-Cola flavor, which I do not believe you can get in the United States. It was wild, but so many Canadians. Yeah. Okay. Well, they're also uh, the nicest people, and they also will participate no in doubt. our stupid uh, uh, holiday, whereas a lot of yeah. Americans uh, scoffed at us. Cynical. Well, maybe they were still, they were still busy dealing with the fallout of July 4th. Whereas the Canada Day was like the first. Or, or celebrating International Bikini Day. Yeah, that's right. I do think, um, yeah. And we have so many Canadian listeners. Now, if we do a, a live show, maybe they could like all get in a van together and <laughs> come, drive, come drive, drive down. down to New York. <laughs> yeah. He, one of the things I also liked here was that George takes a couple packets of Sweet and Low and puts them into his wallet also at the same time. Yeah, that's funny. Okay. I mean, he's a hoarder. He's a hoarder. All right, so Kramer and Newman. Uh, Newman is being evicted. He's very upset, and uh, it's because of the reverse peephole. And so uh, Kramer is going to come and advocate for Newman to stay in the building, and he needs to go get dressed. Newman, interestingly, uh, goes back to watching Kramer through the peephole as uh, Kramer is getting dressed. Yeah, somebody said, like, oh, is he, like, in love with Kramer? Is he interested in Kramer? I just think this is him sneaking a peek. Kramer, you know, famously said, oh, I checked you guys out in the shower. Mm -hmm. That was not even what last week when he was literally taking notes on people's showering skills, right? I think Newman Um, is just a voyeur. Yeah, I think there's two types of people. Like, you don't have to be interested in guys necessarily. And also, it doesn't have to be so one way or the other. Like, you could be a little bit interested in guys, obviously, and not 100%. But the... I think you you don't have to be interested in guys to like, ooh, I wonder what that guy's. I would say I'm not the, I would not look. Mm-hmm. Like if I was in a shower, I would like, I would think I would go out of my way not to look. Just because I feel like, um, I'm, let me die on this on this hill, Rob, by myself. Okay. Um, I, no, 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 I'm being, I'm joking. Like, just because like, I don't know, you don't want to like. Well, I want to uh, finish, I want to hear where, where this is going. I don't want to <laughs> see Chester naked and then like have to think about like Chester naked every time I see him. Yeah, no, I get that. I get that. But you maybe. You might not even realize that he could be low key thick, and you wouldn't even know. Yeah. But I'm I'm fine living my life not knowing. You know, <laughs> wow. 
Like I'll never, I'll never for a day, uh, you know, wonder. <laughs> well, that, that that makes uh one person who's who's not wondering, but probably most people are. Most people probably are. Yeah. But also with guys, it's like, what, what's going to happen? Like, it, I don't know. I, I, let me let me get off this hill. <laughs> <laughs> Right. I hear what you Either, saying. either if like, like if if he saw him, he saw him. Fine, right. whatever. But he's got the option to to look in the peephole or not look in the right. peephole. He mm-hmm. is clearly yeah. chosen to look into the peephole. Like it was not right. an yeah. inadver- no. inadvertent. Uh, no, it's definitely not inadvertent. Yeah, but you're also you're with me. You're not. You're a not looker, right? Yeah, I mean, I think if I had the the, the choice there of what do I do, I I don't need to see. Uh, I don't need the mental image of uh, any of my guy friends naked. I mean, your guy friends, assuming you had guy friends. If I had a guy friend, I don't need sure. to see. Uh, like, I feel like uh, that's just going to be, uh, you know, like uh, I didn't need. And to by the see way, that. I th- it works. And we're just saying guys because we're we're guys. But like, I think it works the same way with women. Well, you know what I mean. Like, I'm not not that you wouldn't want to, but I think it would be. I don't know. I like you don't really like. Let's say you had a friend. Uh, and they were like on a TV show. Let's just say so. You're because the only like the, you're not with them, but it's also not a Newman Perv situation. So let's say you had a casual female friend, and then they were like, "Hey, check out Game of Thrones tonight." She's like, uh, you know, topless in Game of Thrones. I feel like you shouldn't watch it. Well, I, I'm, I'm going to miss an episode. Well, no, let's say. Well, how about this? What is the show you didn't watch? Let's say it was like it's the middle Californication. California. Well, okay. So by the way, this is hilarious that you said that. We had an argument a couple weeks ago. I, I feel like, is this, are we too pervy right now? I don't think so, are we? We're right. right there. We're right there. We're on the line. <laughs> Listen, this is episode 160-something. People, we, We're they right made a at the point not, where we're. somebody's going to tell my wife to listen to this episode. I don't think so. I, I, I don't think you said <laughs> you anything. You don't know our listener. No, no, no. But I also know your wife enough to know, like, she's not going to, like, she's right. not going to. No, she'll listen. never listen and hear the context. <laughs> she will go completely and even, off of the account But if they were explaining, the she email. would even be like, right. She would be ho hum. Like, yes. Ah, right. Oh, so a couple weeks ago we had a debate. It's funny because someone just tweeted me this like twenty minutes ago. We had we had an argument. We were saying how like they ca- they cast Jerry's girlfriend for we we're talking about good naked bad naked right, we, and they cast her for the nudity. And we said, and sometimes casting directors have a bad reputation of like, you know they you know they want they want to like uh, you know it's almost like an audition. You have to flirt. There was a. There was an article recently, you know, where, where it came out like actresses, yeah, I feel the need to flirt in order to get a role or I don't flirt. And therefore, I feel like it's I'm suffering. I don't get roles. And so we said, like, if they're casting someone for nudity, are they uh, do they make them like take off their clothes? And are they like making that that decision that way? OK, you know, which is I think was a fair question. Right. Do you remember us asking that? Yeah. So we just got a tweet like 20 minutes ago from someone. And she said, my friend was on Californication, the show you just mentioned. Yes. And she got the role two days before the scene. It was a very graphic scene with, like, multiple angles, she said. Mm-hmm. And no notice. They just, like, strolled, you know. They didn't even have, like, prior work to go on, she said. Like, she had never done it before. And she just showed up. And I guess they got whatever they got, you know? Yeah. Okay. I, Which kudos to them that they're not, like, being leery and, you know, you know and, and like. Making everyone, you know, dance for them, but the, but uh, right, but I, but I don't know if necessarily that that's a situation where you say kudos for them. I think that it's probably a, like you probably want to be as upfront as possible uh, in a situation like that. If that was a movie, I feel like uh, that that w- that would be the case. But um, true, if it was a m- what 
Well, no, oh, you because the TV, a lot of times they just cast two days but, beforehand. But, Keeve, uh, I mean, if you think that there's yeah. ever a situation where, like, some there's a acquaintance that I have, and yeah. they have been on a TV show... And okay. and are uh, you know in uh, you know various states of undress. Uh, uh-huh. I, I think I've seen it. I, I think I've, <laughs> I've seen it. Now, now let me ask you. Let's say it's your friend's wife. Though. Let's say it's like someone you know's girlfriend. Yeah. I think to me, I would probably you know we're guys. I don't know, but like the the part of you would definitely at least say like, yeah, I probably shouldn't check that out. Uh, yes, you definitely would say I shouldn't check it out. Right. And that part would lose, but I'm saying that part <laughs> would say. <laughs> Okay, uh, so um, let's, let's. Would it be creepy if I wrote the girl back and was like, "What's your friend's name?" Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm teasing. Yeah, so Jerry and George uh, show up at the Joe Mayo party. Jerry has no wallet. Uh, he's uh, feels uh, really good. George is getting uh, upset that Jerry is doing this, and Jerry feels like validated that he's doing it. And George thinks it's bad, so that's why he feels like it's good. We start getting assignments at the party. Uh, Joe Mayo tells George, answer the phone. If anybody calls, uh, we see George later answering the phone. Joe Mayo's apartment. Uh, Jerry is in charge of uh, the fish tank, making sure nobody taps on the glass. He wanted to be in charge of the music. I liked that uh, he said a couple times that he got jiggy with it, and also he turned that mother out. I really like the getting jiggy with it stuff. Yeah. What do you think Jerry played? It feels played? like, because, like, <laughs> I guess literally probably on, on a loop, Will Smith's getting jiggy with it. Yeah, what year was that song from? I mean, it has to be pretty uh, current, right? Yeah, it's funny because this is, like, one of the most dated things. It's, like, people know what it is, but it's of a time and place. Like, you'd never hear that song on the radio, obviously, in 2017. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was from 1997, so I don't know when the— I mean, that. what kind of music does Joe Mayo want at his part? I mean, Jerry is playing a hit song of the era— no, people said, like, what would you play at Joe Mayo's party in the mailbag? People asked this. Um, I, you know, 98 was a very unfortunate time. Like, you know who's popular in 98? It was, like, Limp Bizkit, Britney Spears, and Korn. Mm-hmm. You know? Like, what, there was a lot of Kid Rock going on. Like, you didn't have a lot of options that would hold up pretty well. Yeah. Uh, Maybe the worst time ever for music, the late 90s. And I'd say <laughs> that th- those were my formative years. And usually people yes. are, like, irrationally, you know, like, proud of those times. But... In, but, like, none of that stuff holds up. Okay. Well, uh, I think here's what I would do. Here's my uh, 19... Now that's what I call music, uh, 1998 playlist. Uh, well, you might actually just play Now That's What I Call Music. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, I think you go with... Uh, you know, it's a, probably... It's more from 1997, but uh, you could do some Chumba Wumba. That's going to be a, a crowd pleaser, right? Okay. I get knocked down. Uh, yeah. Go right... Go right into... I assume you meant tub thumping and not, like, their second biggest <laughs> Right. <laughs> uh, you know, you could do a little bit of uh, uh, Faith Hill, uh, That Kiss. That's, that's going to be popular. That Kiss. Yeah, sure. Okay. That's good. <laughs> you could do How about this? Marcy Playground, Sex and Candy. Uh, okay, if you're going Sex and Candy, you need Fastball the Way then, right? <laughs> yeah, Those songs were always on back-to-back, weren't they? This is a Where great party. Where were they going without ever... Uh, by the way, I'm never leaving that party. Yeah. Um, but you agree, right? Those two songs were, like, synonymous in, in 1998. Yeah, okay. Um, okay. Can we get Everclear on the playlist? <laughs> sure. 
Okay. Sure. Uh, and, and and Harvey Danger Har- Harvey Danger flagpole soon. Everybody's coming to get me. Yeah, that's good too. And the the number one song of 1998, Keeve, is the artist Next. Do you have you ever? Do you know who this? Do you know what the song is? I heard a Next, but I what was what was Next? The number one song of 1998 was. Yeah. Too close. Okay. You're dancing too close. I feel a little poke coming through on you. Yes. The song about grinding on the dance floor. The number one hit song of 1998. Again, really a regrettable <laughs> year. <laughs> that was the, the number one song of the year. <laughs> That's amazing. It was like the end of the Spice Girls, beginning of Backstreet Boys. Yeah. Really, nothing good was going on. Eminem on the horizon, right? So, uh, this is the the height of TRL. Keeve, uh, the Joe Mayo party takes on a whole different vibe if uh, Jerry uh, turns on uh, "Too Close" by Next. Yeah, I, this is a pretty casual party, right? There isn't a lot of dancing. It doesn't seem like there's a lot of guys and girls getting together. Everyone's too busy with their jobs to really like socialize too much. <laughs> yeah, you can't leave like your four square meters. Yeah. Joe, Joe Mayo's party is like utopia. <laughs> a lot of assignments. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Jerry's in charge of the bees. Yeah. Where the, don't tap on the beehive. Uh, okay. Uh, Joe Mayo uh, is then uh, welcoming Elaine and Putty, uh, who's wearing the man fur. Uh, Elaine's going to be in charge of coats. Uh, she has to go put all the coats in Joe Mayo's room. Uh, this is a golden opportunity for Elaine to get rid of Putty's man fur. She's going to throw it out the window. Yeah, I mean, this is just pure evil from Elaine. I like it, but it's a layer. You know, it's, 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 I guess, like, if you're in PETA, it's not evil, right? But, mm-hmm. like, the idea of just, like, throwing it out the window is amazing. Also, uh, Putty is going to be in charge of uh, keeping drinks off the sound system. Uh, Joe Mayo takes his music very seriously. Some very specific jobs also. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You have to wonder what happened at previous Joe Mayo parties. That, uh, right, are... I think these are all reacting to previous <laughs> incidents, right? Yeah. Okay, uh, your job, Keeve, is uh, you're going to want to make sure that the toilet handle uh, doesn't stick so the toilet doesn't overflow, okay? Gotcha. Right, yes. After everyone goes, you have to like, go in. <laughs> like, okay, just need to go in and make sure the handle's not stuck. <laughs> All right. Uh, Kramer is now pleading for the life of Newman to stay in the building to the super. Uh, but meanwhile, behind uh, the super's back, uh, behind the back of Silvio, Newman is uh, really uh, hitting it off with Svetlana. Yeah. So oh, but can I give you a Svetlana fun fact? Yes. I th- Tell me if we can ask this to, to uh, Spike. Okay. Uh, and again, the Spike thing may come up, may be played before this. Who knows? So, I don't, I, you know, this could be mm-hmm. a rerun. Um, Svetlana doesn't have any lines in the episode. She's not, she's not listed in, uh, she's not credited in the episode. She's not listed on IMDb. There are many threads on Reddit and elsewhere who played Svetlana. Okay. The answer is unknown. There is no, this thread has been going on, on the internet for over 15 years. Who played Svetlana? There's never been an answer. Can we deputize... Spike Ferriston. I doubt he'd know her name unless it was there was a real reason. Uh, I, let's not name. waste this. I mean, this is like one of these. I would argue where, where <laughs> Keith, this is like one of these things where, you know, that like uh, somebody is like testifying before Congress and we've only got a certain amount of time. Let's sure. not go down that rabbit hole. Who cares? Who's what if it's the most is? interesting? How? How so? To who? 
it can't be. I was going to tweet at uh, Super Silvio, uh, but but he he passed uh, in September. I was I was looking oh. for his Twitter his Twitter name. Yeah, uh, John Polito. He was uh, he was in a lot of Coen Brothers movies. A good uh, good career. But um, his hair is amazing. Yeah, amazing hair. Uh, yeah, he's like a that guy. Like you know him from a million things. But you don't know you don't know exactly where to place him. Putty is now getting ready to leave with Elaine, and now he's wearing a man fur. And uh, somehow uh, that that Joe Mayo says uh, like, oh, I have the same jacket. Yeah, and and there's no Joe Mayo saying, hey, can we check if this is mine? This is almost definitely mine. It's strange, right? Joe Mayo's not even thinking, though, that somebody could... Like, Elaine was in charge of the coats. So he has a person in charge of the coats, so Joe Mayo can be relaxed and say, well, I know there can't be a mix-up. I put this capable person who works at a clothing company in charge of the coats. Do you think that's why Elaine got the gig? Because she works at a clothing company? Maybe. I, I mean, is. she's sort of like uh, coat-adjacent. <laughs> yeah, that is coat-adjacent. They may <laughs> even sell coats. It may be more than adjacent. I... <laughs> Peter it's just weird coats. that he doesn't even Joe Mayo doesn't even like bring it up. He's never like, hey, because a lot of people would just be like, that's my coat. Your coat's the one that went missing. Mm-hmm. Mayo doesn't even go for like the 50 50 of let's at least check. Right. Right. Um, you know, I, I don't know uh, what's going through uh, Joe Mayo's head, but uh, I think he's just in the market for a new coat for a free coat. Yeah. Like the the old one might smell. He needs a new new man fur. Right. So he. He might even think that Elaine threw it out, but he's still just looking for a new one. Okay. I love this scene with Jerry and Elaine and George at Monk's where Elaine is talking about everything uh, with the coat. And she's saying that Joe Mayo had the same coat and she threw it out the window. George has so much respect for her throwing the coat out the window. He says she's a rock star. But Elaine is saying that Joe Mayo wants me, of all people, to buy him a new coat. And they're saying, because you threw it out. No, because I was in charge of the coats. And Elaine's trying to argue that she shouldn't have to buy Joe Mayo a new coat. Whoever stole Joe Mayo's coat, according to Joe Mayo, should have to be the person who buys the coat. Right. And that's you, Elaine. (laughs) That's you. She's like, yeah, fantastic. It's fantastic. (laughs) Uh, yeah, it's really I I loved Elaine uh, trying to somehow get get out of this. Um, George is also uh, starting to complain about a back problem. He's at like a forty five degree angle because of his wallet. Yes, they all they they all think. I mean, like they know immediately. Hey, it's your wallet that's causing the back pain, not like a deeper problem. Mm-hmm. And he says, no, he just needs to balance himself out. So he ends up like taking a stack of napkins and uh, evening himself. To uh, make that work. So uh, he also, we hear a crunch, uh, which is a hard candy that George has put into his wallet. That's, I mean, that's disgusting. Yeah. And it pays off like a few different ways, but I wouldn't say pay off, but it, it comes up a few more times. Okay. So back at George's apartment, the chair ends up getting delivered to his apartment, not to Joe Mayo's. I mean, why does George even accept the chair? I mean, how is he going to move this to Joe Mayo's apartment? I don't. I, it was an accident. They brought it to his house by accident. He's just leaving it there because he realizes it's comfortable, right? The plan was to bring to Mayo. He must. Someone must have accidentally give George, given George's address to them. Yeah, but I would say if I was George, like, no, 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 no this can't stay here. There's been a mistake because now I'm responsible for. He says that, but then he sits for a second, basically. And says, oh, this is amazing, and then gives it up. That's what he's about to do. But Keeve, he is now taking responsibility 
for moving this monstrosity massage chair uh, throughout Manhattan. Like the guys, once the guys with the truck leave, this this job is now become a major inconvenience. It it is, but it's a small chair. You could literally, I don't know how far away Joe Mayo lives. He lives on 88th. Uh, I don't know if we know George's address right now. You could almost like push this chair. Yeah, it it's does. like a few blocks. You could, you could, you could push it through the city. Basically, it's not that big of a chair, really. Okay. It's not uh, one of these giant. It fits in a car. If it fits in a car, it's not that big of a job. Is that fair? I guess so. Keeve, uh, massaging chairs, uh, up or down since 1997? I think down, but they're better. The ones that exist are really good now. I yeah. I, you ever it go, used to be like you'd go into a Brookstone, right? And you'd be sharper like, image. Great, but right. Sharper image or Brookstone, yeah. Right. Uh, you ever sit in one of those? Well, yeah, in Brookstone or Sharper Image, sure. Right. Uh, I don't think I ever have. I don't think I ever bought one. Yeah, oh, yeah, definitely. I would go in and I'd love those chairs. We're in the airport. You get them. You, you know what? I've sat in them at the airport. You pay like, don't they have the massage chairs? You pay like five bucks and get 10 minutes or something. I feel like I've done that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so meanwhile, uh, we see Jerry's uh, girlfriend that he met at the party uh, on the street. Well, what is her name? Uh, uh, Carrie. Now, is her name a play on that she makes Jerry carry everything because i i seinfeld scripts.com has her as carrie k-e-r-i i thought her name yeah, I was carrie they, I, I it's like you could say carrie and carrie the same but i believe the um credits say carrie k-e-r-i okay right? is that intentionally a play on that her whole plot point is she makes yeah. jerry carry things do you want to ask Spike? I would say not to ask Spike. I would this, say not to ask him that, but I wonder. But I do wonder uh, if that was. A, yeah, if that was it's a not thing. a crazy question, but I feel like it's small potatoes. We got we got some big mysteries to solve. <laughs> We're on the trail. <laughs> All right. So uh, oh, wait, the the woman who plays Carrie, Jeanette Robbins, four credits in her life. Yes, but really three. One one is recent. Larry Sanders show, Seinfeld, Friends. Then she falls off the map. That's like. If you're going to only basically be on three shows ever, that's not bad. Not bad. It was a uh, a good run for uh for for Carrie, for Jeanette Robbins, Keeve. So why can't she carry any any of this stuff? It's not explained. It's not explained why she doesn't have a purse. Uh, you know, I don't want to throw shade at our soon to be friend Spike, but you know, there could be a little bit of a reason thrown in here, and there's not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, is she sort of like off purses? Is there some sort of like a? Can you come up with a reason why? Um, what if she was like a jogger? What if like oh how I gotta go? I do have a reason. She carried a purse, and she had like three. Remember mid nineties? We just got over the mid nineties hammer time in. Oh, I'm sorry. There's someone who wrote and said they don't like when I say hammer time. Yeah, well, um, and, for, and for the record, it's uh, <laughs> tub thumping time now. It is okay. Fine. Hammer has been done time. for a while now. Uh, tub thumping time, uh, and I haven't said hammer time in like 50 episodes. Uh, tub thumping time, um, she, pre-Giuliani, right, because he doesn't win an election until the non-fat yogurt, she has three purses stolen in the span of a year, so she gives up on carrying purses because a, uh, a robber is just going to... But I get up again. You never exactly, but then she stops down. getting up I with the purses. Down, but I get up again. 
I, Rob, I, this is, I mean, I think I solved it. I think that's good. <laughs> yeah, the and then at the end of the, the, listen, Rob, the end of the episode is Jerry getting robbed. Right. No, no, so I think you could easily, yeah, that, the, the reason why she doesn't I carry I think I nailed it. Yeah. I don't think I'm getting any love here. I think no, you, the, you have a great theory. I, I'm saying it was a missed opportunity to not have oh, that in the, in the script. Can we tell Spike that we, that we fixed the script for him? Right, that she should have said, like, uh, uh, you know, I don't carry a purse in this city. Too many muggers. Too many muggers. Got mugged three times in a year. Like one line, and, and, and the story just got twice as Ooh. good. There's no reason why she doesn't carry a purse. Yeah. You know, too Other many than muggers. her name is Carrie. If, if Spike's like, I thought it was funny that her name was Carrie, and she doesn't carry anything, mm-hmm. props to him. <laughs> but he's not going to say that. Okay. Uh, I did like that she has a key ring, and Jerry says, what are you, a medieval dungeon master? Um, yeah, no, that was funny, too. There's a lot of like sneaky good lines in this in this episode. I like any joke that starts with "What are you?" Yeah, there. I'm sure, I'm sure you could come up with a bad joke. That's "What are you?" Like a hacky joke. The, what, I like the key, effort. There's a certain there's a certain type of person who carries around like seventy keys. You know what I mean? He's yeah. like the head of operations, but like not of an actual place, just of like his own life. Right. There's always like every school has a guy who's got like 120 keys, right? And he's just like walking around, uh, like a vice principal or something. Right. Uh, I don't know. I'm not that type of guy. I, I, I'm a three-key guy. I don't know how many keys Three-key guy. Yeah, I don't have a lot of keys. Um, you know, that, that is a lot of keys for, uh, you know, this attractive woman to be walking around with. It's true. It's true. Attractive women, usually there's an inverse proportion to how many keys <laughs> I'd like to carry. see that charted, yes. Now it's going to get that for us like, for next week. On the x-axis, I want to see number of keys on the ring. And on the uh, y-axis, I want to see low-key thick. And I think that there will be, as, uh, as the more low-key thick you are, the mm. less keys you have. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Low-key, capital K-E-Y. <laughs> yeah, that's, a low, that, that's why they're low-key. That's right. <laughs> Could you be low-key thick by being a person who carries only one key? Right, yes, that's good. I'm low-key <laughs> thick. I have one key, but it's like this enormous, like, you know, four, like, you know, inch-wide key. <laughs> it's, it's the gate key for my building. <laughs> The biggest one of all. It's the key to a city. Uh, all right. So uh, we see Newman and uh, and Kramer walking down the street. And uh, they're asking about sleeping with Silvio's wife. Uh, Newman says, well, I wouldn't say we're doing a lot of sleeping. Yeah. That's such an old. I wonder if that line comes from here. I feel like it's like a line that's been said a bunch. Mm-hmm. So uh, what do you think they're doing? <laughs> Keith, Play board games? Keith, come on. <laughs> Family podcast. Uh, Kramer- uh, no, that's why I'm get- I'm dumb. I don't get it. I, <laughs> Kramer and Newman spot the man fur up in the tree. Uh, Newman yes. ends up scaling the tree to uh, we don't get see up there. it. We just hear it. We don't see it, but uh, we find out later that uh, that Newman can climb like a uh, w- what was it? A lemur? <laughs> Is that what Kramer says? <laughs> Yes, some, uh, some animal. Where did you learn to climb like that? Uh, Newman says the Pacific Northwest. Yeah, it's like just lower west. Okay. All right. So we see Jerry and Elaine back at Jerry's apartment. Jerry's complaining about having to carry all the stuff. Elaine uh, suggests a uh, European carry-all. Or otherwise known as a purse. Yes. Okay. Keith, would you ever have something like this? Listen, I mean, I'm, I'm, I don't make any, like, there's, you know, assumptions or like pretensions about like, I don't pretend to be like a man's man, a guy's guy who would be above this. So I wouldn't I wouldn't mind it, but I like carrying as little as possible. Yeah. 
No, I I have a lot of stuff, Keeve. I want to carry more stuff. I what I, do you what do you want to carry around? I, with I, you? I, like, you know how many like uh, cables? Are you a chapstick guy? Uh, oh yeah, so cables is different. But okay, so here's my idea. I, I you can a computer case is like a is like a guy's purse. You can just throw it. Yeah, in a computer, no, I mean that's what I have. have and honestly, yeah, uh, com- that's what I do. Computer case works. Lately, don't even put a laptop in there. Just carry on a computer case. Something else that, that I have a problem with is that in the last year or so, like, I get migraines at times. And when I don't have, like, the migraine medicine or, like, uh, or like or, or Advil or something, like, it can be, you know, uh, like, it's like a torturous experience for me because I have, like, a really bad headache. And if I was a woman and I had a purse, like, I would be able to just carry that, med- like, uh, the bottle of pills on my person, and it wouldn't be an issue. But, like, as a guy, I, you know, I could either have a, have a man purse and be scoffed at or have, like, a terrible migraine. Or I can, like, remember to put one migraine pill in my pocket in case I get a migraine if I'm out somewhere. Right. But that's a lot of work to, to remember. I think don't worry about what people say and just, you know. Uh, do what feels good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what if I have my? I have them in my computer bag. But if I'm not somewhere with my computer, then uh, it could be it, it could be an issue. So uh, I would like to be able to have access to a bunch of stuff. Put my keys in there. Hey, yeah. yeah. I'm. I listen. But you're on board. I think the laptop case or a computer case is sure. Uh, certainly. You know, yeah. It's an answer to our everything. Problem. I need is in there. Right. Uh, anyway, uh, so uh, Jerry's on board with it. He's going to uh, go ahead and uh, try to do it. I do think that what Jerry ultimately gets uh, is a bit purse-like. Uh, I feel like a, you know, a backpack uh, probably would have been uh, a better way to go for Jerry. A backpack? I, th- I, I walk around with a backpack a lot, and I will say I get made fun of for it. Uh, with a backpack? Why? Like, let's say my wife's like, hey, uh, you know, like, can you go to the store? And there's like a little, there's like a grocery store right by our house. So, but if I have to like carry, so I'll walk there and it's the only exercise I get, but like, I'm not going to like carry like a few things of milk. Like everyone has a different percentage of milk in my house. So like, I'm, I'll bring a backpack and I'll throw the milk in the backpack. And people are always like, why are you walking around with a backpack? You're going to school. It's weird. Yeah. So I, I get teased a lot for the backpack. Okay. So well, know. you know, people need to uh, wake up. It's not 1955 and you're wearing a life preserver around or anything like that. The people need right. to stop bullying me. guys. Stop bullying Akiva for wearing a backpack. So we get George on the phone, and uh, Elaine says, you know what? If I got to get Joe Mayo a coat, I'm not getting him this chair also. So Elaine's out. They're going to split it three ways now. Uh, George is fine with this. Uh, Jerry wants to know what that noise is. He says it's my toaster. Well, isn't Kramer out first? Kramer doesn't even know he's in. Right. Does, but when does, Kramer, when does Kramer go out? I think he's out last. Kramer goes, I think Kramer goes out first. Is Kramer out last? I think you're thinking of the contest, Keeve. Well, I know. Okay. I mean, I, I'm not mixing them up. I did one of the episodes I saw, you know, a few hours ago and one I saw a year ago. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, but, yeah, no. So, he right. He's out. And, by the way, they should all just stop being, being friends with Joe Mayo. He doesn't bring anything to the table. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, at least, you know, at least, like, Brian Cranston is a dentist, right? Like, at least you have, like, you might need his services. Like, what does Mayo bring to the table? He's a bad friend who gives you jobs at his party. So yeah, we don't know what his profession is, Joe Mayo. He might have some sort of a, like, hookup to something. Yeah, maybe Nick's tickets or something. Like, that's, mm-hmm. that's a reason to be friends with somebody. In the but Seinfeld universe, like, yeah, that's the only reason to be friends with somebody is that they can get what you access you to sports tickets. What could you do for me? Right. <laughs> right. 
No, and it's like very specifically that they get you yes. sports tickets. <laughs> like, there's no yes, other reason that they're friends that's with right. any person. hundred <laughs> percent. Okay. Uh, Newman has a new fur coat, according to Kramer. Uh, and they realize that uh, that's the man fur. Elaine needs to get it back from Newman. Uh, so she ends up pushing Kramer. We hear uh, a little bit of a crunch sound. Uh, what was that? Uh, Kramer also had a hard candy. Did Kramer and George get the hard candies from the same place? Probably Sacramento has, like, you know, spinach hard candies that he gave them, like, 100 for one. Right, right, like the condoms. Uh, by the way, I just invented that, but I would try a spinach hard candy if they had it. I was at some place last night, uh, and they were handing out broccoli cakes. I said, no, yeah. hard pass. And what, I don't dislike broccoli. In what, Rob, in what way was it a cake? Well, you don't love food. We established that. But what way was the broccoli a cake? It was. Was it really a cake? I don't know if it was like I don't know what they did to it. Is it more of a quiche? It was. It looked kind of like a. Uh, I mean, maybe it was like some sort of like a hash brown type thing. But uh, is that mm. they w- walked around and I said, "What's this?" And they said, "Broccoli cakes." And I said, "No, thank you." I think you only live once. I think you should have had the broccoli. Should have had. Should have had. Yeah, I for sure would have said yes to a broccoli cake. Yeah. All right. Well, you know, it, it, next time, next there time, were so many other like, things. Listen, to, to, it wasn't like a live animal. Like, it's not the most daring thing in the world. Like, just go for it. Next time. Yeah, I guess so. But I mean, I felt like that there were so many different things that I would have rather had than broccoli cake. I wasn't going to, you know, waste uh, calories on that, Keith. Oh, there was good. There was good food besides the broccoli. Cake? Yes. Yes. That wasn't the only thing okay. served. I was like, uh, I'm not... broccoli cake and spinach and spinach uh, hard candy. That's what. We're <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they also had uh, gazpacho shots. I'm not a big gazpacho guy. No, I said I no, thank one, you. But I wouldn't have liked. It. <laughs> I would not. I'm not going to waste my time with that either. You should have been like, I already have some gazpacho in this flask. I don't need a gazpacho shot. Yeah. So, uh, Keith, we see Elaine with Newman. Uh, Newman at Elaine's apartment, and this is a first. Yeah. And uh, Newman talks about how the apartment is just as he imagined it, but this uh, rattan piece uh, seems oddly out of place. Yeah, that is funny. Okay, uh, Newman in the scene. This is a great scene. Newman is really great in the scene, and Elaine is too. Yeah. So Elaine is getting stonewalled by Newman. So she ends up trying on uh, the uh, thirsty Elaine uh, manipulation, and she implies uh, sexual interest in Newman to try to get the jacket back, the man fur. Would she have, you know, like gone all the way? To get this coat back. No, no, I don't think she would have done anything. I think she just uh, was trying to imply interest. Uh, right. She says, can you do At me a, later a favor? Yeah, you know, there yeah. doesn't seem to be like some sort of like quid pro quo in terms of right. what she's suggesting. She says, uh, yeah. can you do me this favor? Yeah. Um, and uh, that Newman ends up going into one of his histrionic fits. And I, I do love Elaine's reaction. It's like, all right, we're done here. <laughs> just like kicking him out. <laughs> Did you watch? The second he start, yeah, the second he starts the, the rant, she's out. Yeah, she's like, all right, uh, let's see. And uh, thank you very much. And she just uh, pushes him out the door. Uh, all right, so Jerry's on the street with Carrie. And uh, that she is looking for... Her lipstick. Yes, which I guess she hasn't had access to since Jerry took the purse. Right. So uh, Jerry is uh, sort of like, oh, I can't ever find anything in here. Uh, We also find out that at the Joe Mayo party, Carrie's job was to keep Jerry from touching the music. 
That is a hilarious job. Like, stop yes. this other person from doing something. Yes. But now, was this the type of thing? Did this woman only have interest in Jerry after Joe Mayo said, hey, don't let him touch the music. Was it the type of situation where, like, when Elaine had the assistant that worked for her, and she said, you stay away from George Costanza. He's a bad seed. He's a bad egg. Uh, he's, was Jerry... We know, wait, we don't know if they met at the party, though. They might have they gone to the party together. Like, he may have, she may have gone as his date. You don't give a date. Like, if she shows up at Joe Mayo's party and is Jerry's date, right. her job can't yeah. be don't let your boyfriend touch the music. Uh, it could be, I guess. Not if Joe Mayo's never met her before. Right. Right, right. You're right. He's assuming that she'll have loyalty to him over her. Like, in my situation, that would be Joe Mayo would be quite the alpha male if he would just uh, pull a move like that. Joe Mayo is an alpha. If you give everybody a job, you're the alpha. He is an alpha, at least. Yeah. My wife, like, would have loyalty to the other person. Like, if someone's like, hey, uh, like, we only have, like, 30 hors d'oeuvres. Your husband is usually going to eat 25. So can you, like, put a leash on him? Like, she would be fine with that, and she wouldn't tell Right, him. but not if he never met you before, right? Right, I guess not. I guess not if she never met him before. Okay. All right. So Kramer ends up uh, getting spotted by uh, Silvio, and uh, that he, uh, Silvio has a lot of questions. Uh, he's banging on the door, and he can see Kramer uh, through the reverse peephole, and he knows he's in there. And now Svetlana has this fur coat. She says she found it in the laundry room, but uh, he thinks it's Newman's. Silvio does seem like the type of guy who will kill the person who is sleeping as well. I mean, ultimately, he does bludgeon Joe Mayo with right. a sack of pennies <laughs> in his uh, apartment. True. He waits he's for him. Like, he's cast as like a guy who will like beat up someone who's, who's sleeping with his wife. That's right. Anyway, so from there, uh, Kramer tries to say, no, 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 that's a woman's coat. It's not even a man's coat. Uh, and uh, Jerry is exactly the type of guy who would wear a woman's coat because he's a celebrity. He's desperate and insecure. Uh, really, the second week in a row where Kramer is playing up the fact that, oh, Jerry is this uh, like fragile, damaged celebrity, and I have to make yeah. all the decisions for him. Right. And so right. <laughs> I like how much Silvio does buy into this sort of like a uh, hook, line, and sinker. Where Silvio's great here. <laughs> Silvio's really good. Yeah. Silvio just runs with it where Kramer talks about how like insecure Jerry is. And Silvio's like, oh, yeah, you're right. He's me, me, me. Look at me. I'm so pretty. Love me. Want me. Uh, and Kramer is like, it goes like a bit too far. It's like, all right. Uh, something like that. Yeah, sure. Uh, you know, but Sil- I, Silvio's excellent here. He's, he, he really buys in and I like this actor. Okay, so Kramer convinces Jerry you have to wear the fur. Silvio thinks so. Silvio thinks it's yours, and then uh, me and Newman won't be kicked out of the building. And uh, Jerry really uh, contemplates so uh, how much better his life might be if both Newman and Kramer were out of the building. Yeah, so this is a win-win-win. Don't have to wear the fur. Kramer goes. Newman goes. There's no reason he should wear. It. Yes. Are you surprised that Jerry ultimately gives in? He doesn't really have a reason to give in. He does it. I guess he's like he's being a little bit of a come with guy, but like I, I don't know. It's uh, he doesn't really. I, I think he looks inside his soul and he realizes that I, like his life will be empty if Kramer gets kicked out of the building. Okay, all right. So or Kramer might have to live with him if Kramer loses his apartment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so the deal is that he will give back the Walkman that was <laughs> Jerry's in the Jerry's, first place. Yes, right. And is broken. We find out. Okay, so when uh, 
George shows up. Uh, he wants to know about the massage chair. Jerry's asking about uh, what's going on with the massage chair. And ultimately, uh, George is getting upset. Uh, Stop riding me, he says. And Jerry says, you know what? I'm out on the massage chair, too. Yeah. I, you know, he knew all along that George was lying. So he's he really read this perfectly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Jerry says that Joe Mayo doesn't like my taste in music. He's not getting a gift from me. Yeah, I mean, you don't have to give a gift. Like, they're, it's fine. Yeah. Well, we didn't mention that at the Joe Mayo party that uh, George had not gotten the chair yet. He just brought a picture of the chair for everybody to sign. Right. I like I like the idea of signing the picture of the chair. Because yeah. he found the chair for $60 cheaper in Delaware. And no card. All right. So here's where Kramer ends up dropping out. And so George says, oh, so you're dropping out too? So now me and Kramer have to pay for the entire gift? And Kramer says, whoa, whoa, who's this Joe Mayo everybody's talking about? Uh, Kramer says, uh, I think the chair is a fantastic gift idea, but I never heard of Joe Mayo. And frankly, it sounds a little made up. Yeah, it's like a Bob Sacamano like, throwback. So Kramer does admit to saying that the chair is a great gift idea, but he yeah. seems to not know who. And again, Kramer was not at the Joe Mayo party. He wasn't at the party. <laughs> like, it's a funny callback in the middle of the episode. It's like, I wonder if the writer is like, hey, it's a good job by our buddy Spike. So I assume to be buddy Spike. Yeah. So I have to say that I think that Kramer is uh, in the right here. I do not think he knows who Joe Mayo is. They just presume that they're all friends with the same person. Right, it's fun. It's just a funny idea of, like, how could three of us have a friend but the other one not be? Okay. So George finally cops to the fact that he ended up uh, having the chair. He's been using it because of his back. And Jerry says, because of your wallet. And George is saying that the wallet is his friend. That's always going to be there for him. And Jerry tells him that that friend is morbidly obese. Um, yeah. The, I, the, uh, I, the idea of, like, a wallet hurting your back, do you think that's possible even? I do think that there is a thing to that. Uh, that I, I don't think that this was uh, uh, fake news. I think if you sort of like sit on a wallet, like the bigger the wallet, I do think you could throw your back out of alignment. I guess. Yeah. And I mean, I, I think. And by the way, I'm not a butt pocket wallet guy. I'm a regular pocket wallet guy. Where are you? Front pocket. Yeah. I, if I'm out, uh, I do it in the. Uh, well, then, then people can mug us, Keith. You're, that you're leaving us wide open for our, our bus tour. What in the front pocket? You could be you could be mugged or in the back pocket. Well, I, I think I will have it sometimes in the uh, in the back pocket to start, but uh, like I feel like that uh, I, sometimes I end up in the front pocket. Yeah, I'm a front pocket. Uh, I tend to be in like the the back pocket when I'm leaving the house, just so I do like a quick check of like that it's there. But like once if I'm like walking around somewhere, I end up in the front pocket. And I said this before, but like if I'm walking in like a bad neighborhood, let's say I'm in like Paris or something, where there's a lot of mugging. Yeah, I will. Uh, I said I like put tissues in front because nobody's gonna be like, "Ooh, there's some tissues," you know, to block you. They're like a wallet blocker. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, one day you're gonna meet somebody who is a pickpocket who's not afraid of germs, Keith. A pickpocket who's also a fan of the podcast, and they're gonna rob me blind. Yeah. So now Jerry and Kramer down on the street, and uh, Jerry is wearing the fur. He ends up uh, walking down past uh, Kramer and Silvio. And here is now uh, Kramer's beginning to mock Jerry. Um, yeah, this is Amir wrote in and had a great point, which is this is very reminiscent, very similar Milos. to the Milos. Yeah, stuff, right. It's it's so similar. Yes, very. Jerry similar. has to take the take the abuse and he has to decide whether he's going to the, the 
jig is up or not. I mean, down to it being a person that's a uh, seems foreign born with an accent, yes. mocking Questioning Jerry. His manhood. Yes, yes, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and uh, again, Jerry is getting uh, upset about it, and he doesn't like this. No, who would? Yeah, who would like. Uh, Kramer says, "Yep, he's a dandy, a real fancy boy." <laughs> uh, and then uh, Jerry says, well, maybe this isn't my coat. And, and then Silvio is saying, like, no, no, he's very fancy. Uh, lo- love me. Shower me with kisses. The like, And now Elaine comes up. I like the idea of, like, uh, calling someone a dandy in 2017. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you probably shouldn't do it. Here comes Elaine. No, don't try it. She says, hey, that's not your coat. It's Joe Mayo's coat. Um, and then Kramer very quickly, when somebody's asking who's Joe Mayo, Kramer says, well, that must be the guy who's sleeping with your wife. And of course we know from the yeah. jerk store, um, or the mm-hmm. comeback, uh, the worst thing you could ever say to somebody to really get them is that, uh, you're having mm-hmm. sex with their wife. Right. Unless Svetlana's in a coma. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, uh, out of nowhere, here comes a mugger. Uh, and he steals Jerry's uh, European carryall. And Jerry yells to the police, hey, somebody took my European carryall. Again, we have talked uh, you know, before about uh, the impotence of the uh, law enforcement in the Seinfeld universe. And this seems mm-hmm. to be another case of this. Yeah. I mean, listen, that's a job. And everyone in any sort of service or any job industry is just there to disappoint the corporal mm-hmm. so, policemen. Right. Included. The only time that they really did uh, come off as being quite capable was when Jerry dated the police officer. Or, or in the subway, right, where he, where the undercover. Oh, yeah, cop, that guy, uh, too. Yeah, yeah. Pulls the gun. But that's almost like out of the Seinfeld lore. That's like a Family Matters episode. <laughs> yeah, an early Family Matters episode before uh, the right. Urkel stuff ended up going off the rails. Yeah, Carl Winslow saves the day with, like, someone pulls a gun. That happens a lot. Yeah. And uh, so uh, we see that Jerry's, like, saying to the police officer, like, help, somebody stole my European carry-all. You're what? And then Jerry eventually says, uh, my purse. All right, I carry a purse. Well, the cop says you mean a purse, yeah. right? And then he finally, yes. finally uh, agrees. Yeah. Uh, Keith, great tag uh, to this episode. Uh, really wraps yes. things up. One of the better ones uh, that's not just like a one, one-line one joke. Uh, so Jerry is talking with Elaine, and uh, we're getting sort of the catch-up on. So Silvio ambushed Joe Mayo. He waited in his apartment with a sack full of pennies. Uh, I, I, we should add that this uh, scene has like almost an alternate ending, but it's really just the tag to the tag where yeah. Newman shows up at the door. Goes on too long, cut for a reason. Uh, we could talk about it at the, at the mm-hmm. end. And yeah. uh, if you would have had a reverse peephole, uh, that wouldn't have happened. Uh, here comes Putty with the magic eight ball jacket. Yes. Uh, and uh, of course, you are someone who spent a lot of time on television talking about an eight ball. Do you like this jacket? Is it cool? Uh, I think it, th- this jacket was cool like in the early 90s. I, I feel right. like that. Uh, I think this is supposed to be like it was it used to be cool. It, like. it used to be cool like in 1992. Uh, I'm not sure who popularized it. Uh, there is a article here I see on Mental Floss, the short tragic life of the eight ball jacket, uh, which uh, Putty ends up wearing here. I want to say that uh, there was like uh, somebody uh, in rap I could see wearing this in the early 90s. I can't remember who it was. Do you think it would be cool again now? Like has it gone been out of style so long it's come back in? Mm, no, no, I don't think okay. so. Yeah. Um, uh, Arsenio Hall uh, in this article is citing as being one of the people that popularized uh, the Magic 8-Ball jacket in the uh, early 
uh, 90s, late 80s. Uh, interesting. Okay, I can see Arsenio in this. Woo, woo, woo. Yeah, okay. Uh, Michael Hoban was the designer who came up with the first Magic 8-Ball jacket. Of course. Yeah. The Hobster. The Hobster. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, and so uh, Putty's wearing the jacket. That's his new jacket. And, uh, you know, it's very funny to see uh, Putty talk about <laughs> Ask the 8-Ball. Uh, and he's doing uh, a bunch of different responses. Yeah, she asked him if he's going to wear it all the time. <laughs> yeah, signs point to yes, right? Yes. And right, at this point, Newman knocks, and he thinks that something funny In the deleted scene, sorry. The, the, In the deleted yeah. scene, sorry, I should Yeah, add. Newman comes. Uh, he brings sangria. Because Elaine. Elaine kicks. <laughs> yeah, uh, well, yeah. Elaine says earlier that uh, her and her boyfriend are, are cool with uh, her doing whatever. So Newman shows up with this picture of sangria. Uh, yes, and she kicks out Putty for them to talk and jacks the sangria. Mm-hmm, right. So, uh, yeah, they didn't need it. It's uh, the tag of the tag, and uh, it was fine with the Magic 8-Ball jacket. All right, Keith. So uh, let's talk through the uh, rest of uh, the storylines in terms of our letter grades. Uh, that's, overall, again, I think this is a very fun episode. Really enjoy the reverse people. Fun episode, maybe uh, underrated, tad bit underrated. It's not like considered one of these legendary episodes, but there's really not a lot to hate. Yeah. Okay. So here we go, Kiva. What about Jerry and the European handbag? You know, it's fine. I'm, I think I'll give it a B. It's not bad. Jerry has some better moments that don't deal with the handbag, like the stuff at the Joe Mayo's party is funny. The idea of like the idea that uh, the girlfriend was asked, Harry was asked for you know her job was to keep jerry away from the music you know because he wanted to get jiggy with it that's pretty funny so i'll give jerry a b yeah b is fine for this storyline uh it's not a memorable story but it's you know certainly is fine and, and holds up just as well as about anything uh in terms of this is still an issue that i'm personally dealing with in terms of walking around with a bag mm-hmm. okay what about george with the wallet uh, is I this think the this most iconic the most, thing from the episode? Yeah, I was about to say that by far. Yeah, the idea of George having a, a big wallet. If somebody today, I saw this like last week on Twitter. Someone's like, "Oh, I got the Costanza wallet." Like, if you have a big wallet, that's what you associated with, right? So it's super famous, even though it's like a very, you know, like not I want to say forgettable, but just like regular season nine episode. It it certainly outgrew everything else in this episode. Well, hold on. What about Putty wearing the eight ball jacket? I kind of feel yeah, like no. that. <laughs> if you saw, if you ever saw Whole that jacket, was, yeah, I think you would yeah. say that that's the Putty jacket, right? I mean, in but fact, nobody I think it's it. it's almost like a Mandela effect type thing that Putty. Yeah. It's almost like the fur coat ends up being the forgotten thing. I think most people in like in their mind's eye think that it's the magic eight ball jacket that Elaine throws out the window. Yeah, but when do you, uh, you know, when do you really see that jacket? I mean, like you have a wallet every day. When do you see an eight ball jacket? I feel like one is more top of mind than the other. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I do think that if you polled people uh, and, and asked the question, uh, what jacket did Elaine throw out the window? I wonder if people would say Putty's fur coat or Putty's eight ball jacket. Interesting. Okay. Be interesting. It'd be an interesting test. I don't know. Should you give the questions as a quiz? I mean, people would just Google and cheat. Yeah, people would cheat. Okay. All right, so maybe like uh, that's that's how you go back and ask somebody who's like a casual Seinfeld fan what do they think? All right, uh, so what about uh, this this storyline? 
for George. I'll give the George, George storyline an A minus. I'm not totally buying the back stuff, but it's funny, and the idea of the wallet is really good, so I like it. A minus. Yeah, uh, I think that's fine as well. Uh, an A minus. Uh, nothing. And also George being so cheap, like it's a little thing. George being so cheap that he spends the whole episode like getting the chair from Delaware because it's sixty dollars is you know such a George move. What about Kramer? You know, we've gone to the Kramer does something wacky in his apartment now so many times, especially in the last three seasons. Um, but, you know, you, there's not that much, you know, mileage with the with the reverse people like it doesn't need to carry that many scenes. It's a very funny concept. It's original. So I'll give it an A minus. Uh, yeah, I like the idea of the reverse people. We really perfected the uh, double people with the shutter. And then also uh, uh, Newman is uh, pretty good. A minus is fine for the uh, reverse people. It's uh, Kramer doing stuff to his apartment, but not too wacky. Uh, that's fine. Uh, and what about Elaine? Um, so Elaine, you know, we like got more coat. putty stuff. But, I, you know, to me, the Elaine going over and trying to seduce Newman, or I guess Newman going over to her and he tries, she tries to seduce him. Uh, you know, calling him Numi always always got me. That's, mm-hmm. You know, that's funny. Um, so to me, that's like her highlight of the episode. I'll give Elaine an A minus. Elaine A minus. I'll, I'll give her a B plus uh, overall. And uh, that scene uh, where she's in Monks is pretty great. Where she's trying to understand, like, well, why do I have to pay for the jacket? It's like, uh, well, you threw it out the window, and you were responsible for the jackets at the party. So yeah, she oh, does have two really great scenes in this episode. That's true. Overall, Keeve, I think we're talking about an underrated episode. Mm. Uh, is that reflected in your rankings? I think you're probably low on it. I, I'd say you have it at 76. No, that's a good guess, but I have it all the way up at 55. Okay, good. You saw I'm probably higher on it than most. I, yeah. I do think it's an underrated episode because I think if, you know, like in some sort of cumulative ranking, like a Sean Falconer averaging a bunch of different people's rankings, it would probably be in the middle of the pack in probably like 80, 70 range, but I'm high on the reverse people. Okay, good. Uh, the properly rated by Keeve. Reverse people. All right, well, now he, there's going to be a backlash for the reverse people. Now it's like becoming overrated. Yeah, now people are going to come for it. All right, Keeve, uh, let's get into our mailbag. Uh, heavy mailbag uh, this week, uh, talking about the reverse people. You guys really want to talk about the reverse people? Yeah, no, people, listen, I think it's just people realize, like, they don't get their questions in now. They'll never get them in. Okay, so, yeah, speak now or forever hold your questions. Keeve, uh, where should we start? Um, well, sometimes I like to start with, uh, you know, we always start with Johnny DeSilvera unless there's pressing news from, like, previous episodes. or we're tying in loose ends. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you want to start with Kaya here? Yeah. So Kaya says, an episode of the podcast with Chester would be like George with his wallet, lopsided and leaving us all in need of a massage. Yeah. Okay. There I told you, you it, she said it would be the worst day of her life. It was the worst day of her life, the day Chester won the uh, boat uh, <laughs> podcast and episode with you. So that was worse than the actual uh, tenure of Chester being on the podcast, like the actual announcement? Yeah, I'm not sure she's over that one yet. That's a good point. She hated when he was on there, too. Mm-hmm. And she listens, again, she listens to the po- my other podcast, with has, with, which has Chester on it, although she says she tries to block him out. But he is 50% of that show, so I don't know. Yeah, I, I, You know what I found? I don't know if you found this as like someone who podcasts a ton. Like people will listen to shows that they don't like. Sometimes. Yes, they will. <laughs> they 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 often will. What about for the thirty two fans podcast? Could you guys output it in stereo where you're in one ear and Chester's in the other ear, so all of the Chester stands can take you out of the uh, left earbud and then uh, vice versa? It's a good question. I mean, Chester's like the tech guy, but yeah, Chester work on that for next week. Okay, uh, the Chester stands. Yeah, <laughs> Chester stands. 
There's many Chester stands. Okay. Uh, John DeSevera wants to know, uh, what job would you two prefer if you were at Joe Mayo's party? I'm a music guy. I would love to be in charge of the music at the party. Okay. Um, and my job would be to keep you from the music. Probably. That probably. I, I would also like, because I'm a food guy too, like, I would love to be, you know, like, make sure nobody eats too much of the food. But again, the, your job would be to make sure that I didn't eat too much of the food. Maybe that could be uh, uh, my job there. I also think I'd be good at, like, all right, let's get these uh, hors d'oeuvres in the oven for 15 minutes. Make sure they don't burn. Uh, and I think that Joe Mayo could put me on that. I would be good at that job. You'd be the hors d'oeuvre guy. I think that is a good job. I mean, does he have people passing around the hors d'oeuvres? Like oh, I don't people? want to walk around with the tray. No, you don't want to be the tray guy. Well, I'll take him out of the oven when the timer goes off. Yeah, no, for sure. Because uh, then you get game. first dibs on them you, when they come you out get the hot. Dibs, you, if it's not like an even amount, you could like put a couple, you know, take a couple down before uh, you pat, you know, before you bring them in. It's like I don't want that pizza roll. Right, you get you get a head first start pick. on the food. That's, That's right. Yes. Okay. That's an old survivor trick, Keith. Yeah. You what? You get the. Uh, well, you, you like want to be the, the person first. who is uh, distributing the food because then you can control the portions. But I think everyone's so hungry there. At least one other person is like hyper aware of like, you know, there's been fights over like the tiniest bits of food. I'm sure in yeah. the War of Survivors. So yeah. I don't know. You might not want to be that guy strategically. <laughs> food wise, you want to be that yeah. guy. But okay. What about Darren Haney? All right, so last week we introduced the idea of a candy jury for where, uh, you know, we basically, people come to us with their struggling uh, food bars, like the Fifth Avenue bar, mm-hmm. and we, re- we rename them. Were we so down Darren to says, only the candy, or was it like all products? It was all food. It was all food. But so Darren, uh, but we had an idea, I think, called the candy jury. So Darren says, like Akiva said, we, you know, we already introduced American salami, so we shouldn't limit ourselves to the candy. We should rebrand all foods, and our venture should be called Food Court. Hmm. Food court, candy jury, a little bit of a bro versus manzir. Uh, the problem with food court is that, yes, uh, the double entendre works in terms of that being a phrase, food court. But it, there's I mean, it's not like a case of like somebody put mayonnaise on my sandwich right. and I would like. Right. If, if we got our own TV show. Yeah. If we got our own TV show, it's like Judge Judy and then food court. People would not food court. They'd think food court was like. Restaurants suing each other. Order, you know? order. Who wants a sandwich? I think they would think it would it would be like you know bar rescue went wrong and now they're like suing John Tapper. That sort of thing. <laughs> yeah. So I'm not sure about food court. Yeah, I we, like the we, direction. We have to, yeah, it's a good idea. We have to workshop the name. And Darren also says if we don't go to Melbourne for the live show, I'm not sure we're going at this point. Mm-hmm. And also, was it Sydney? I'm not sure if it was Sydney or Melbourne. He says we can always come to Tacoma, Washington. And record at Little Jerry's. And I looked up Little Jerry's. I'd never heard of it. Cockfighting establishment? I don't think there's any cockfighting there, but they, I've never heard of this place. But it, it's a really like Seinfeld themed restaurant in Tacoma that they have like every sandwiches, you know, like the alternate side or, or, you know, like every, there's hundreds of Seinfeld references. I've never heard of this restaurant, but they really go all out. Hmm. Okay. Surprised they've never been sued. Yeah. If you're Rob, if you're ever doing a live show in Tacoma, Washington, uh, you know, check out Little Jerry's. I'll add it to the now. list. I'll add it to the list. Yeah. Little Jerry's, uh, four stars on Yelp. Yeah, no, it looks good, honestly. What okay. does Sean Falconer want from us? The Sean Falconer says, uh, so I think you're going in the wrong direction to the uh, Fifth Avenue bar by saying it should remarket itself to be less bougie. The low-end candy bar market is saturated. They need to double down on the bougie-ness. Swap out the milk chocolate for dark. I like dark chocolate. Am I bougie? Is that a bougie move? Well, it's my one of my I'm least favorite the dark foods. chocolate. 
Yeah. I'm not a big fan of dark chocolate. Charge twice as much and call it the executive. Like the raincoat? Yeah, I do think it's a good name. The executive. Okay, so it's a Fifth Avenue bar with dark chocolate. Wow. And then instead of Peter Griffin as the spokesperson, they should get someone with a foreign accent like Pierce Brosnan driving a sports car, sailboating, or other rich guy activities while eating the executive. No rich person wants to be caught eating a whatchamacallit or a Butterfinger, but they'll eat the executive. Wow. Um, yeah, this, I think it's a good name. I'm, I'm actually on board. I would buy an executive one time. I wouldn't know there was dark chocolate, and then I'd give it to my wife or my kids because mm-hmm. I would be mad. But I do think it's, it would sell more yep. than Fifth Avenue. And I like the idea of the commercials with, like, I don't think you need to pay out for Pierce Brosnan, although what's he doing recently? Right, right. Uh, you could get, like, the most interesting man in the world type of guy, just like a generic European fancy-looking dude. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what, that some, like, uh, peasant is trying to get the executive bar? No, I don't think you have to go that way. I just think, like, he's eating the executive while, like, on his million-dollar yacht in the Riviera, that sort of thing. Hmm. I don't know about the this marketing scheme. I think that it's really um, – are, are the rich people buying a lot of candy bars? Or is it, like, people, like, uh, posing as rich people? It's like Maybe a the new rich are. I don't know. It's a good question. I mean, Sean Falconer, he, he's probably in Silicon Valley. Like, he – you know, he probably knows a lot of rich people. Yeah. I think he thinks that there's an opening in that market. I feel like old money, they're eating like a lot of like Whitman samplers. Yeah. They're, you know, like I a- mean, again, you don't have to be like a billionaire to buy the executive. I think we're just like going a little more up scheme and we're charging two bucks for the bar instead of one. Yeah. It should be really tiny also. Yes, you don't get enough for your money. You get <laughs> right. like, disappointed. Or you have to buy two if you really like it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay, uh, I still like uh, getting rid of the bouginess. I think that's out. I think you want it like you want the people's chocolate bar. That's not a bad one. The people's chocolate bar. Yes, yes. That's also, a good name. Like I like John, you know. I always say like John Legend was a nobody who just named himself John Legend. People are like, oh yeah, John Legend. He's great. Like he's he's already a legend. Yeah. So I, I think like the people's chocolate bar. You you see it and you're like. This, you know, this must be everyone must have like voted and decided this was the best. Yeah. I don't know if you would call it the best, like the best American chocolate bar. I feel like the FDA will like have our heads. Yeah. There's really two ways to go. You could sort of like play into the populism and then uh, it's like every man's chocolate bar uh, Mm -hmm. and then sort of like go that route. But then there's sort of like the hipster route of like, oh, I hate Budweiser because that's what uh, that's just, uh, you know, uh, piss water. I I want my own IPA chocolate bar. So you could go either way. I think that this third thing, though, the executive of this is the ultra elite candy bar, the Tesla of candy bars. Uh, I'm not sure about that. A Tesla of candy bars is a good slogan, though. That is good. I don't know if Tesla would enjoy it like Elon Musk is going to cease and desist our ass so fast, but I think it's a good idea. Yeah. Okay. Also, speaking of cars, uh, Sean Falconer says that I bought a new car a week and a half ago, and it has a self-parallel parking feature. Pretty cool. Makes me feel like I'm driving a spaceship. Sick brag, Sean. Sick brag. I feel like he made market for an executive candy bar, it sounds like. Yeah, Keeve, when I was on one of the other podcasts on News AF, I was talking about uh, people throwing change in the backseat of a car. Now, you've heard of this, right? No. Why, why would you throw change in the backseat of a car? <laughs> you never – oh, well, that I would – as a good luck thing, when he gets a new car, people will throw change in it, and Tyson That's- and Danny – Said yeah. that it was unheard. This, they never heard of this. I've never uh, heard of it. I don't think anyone's ever heard of it. Uh, well, if that I, I looked it up, and it seems like it was only a New York and New Jersey thing. That's weird. I've never heard of it. I mean, I know about like throwing pennies in a water in like a fountain, but I've never no heard in of like it. the back seat of a car. That's wild. I've never heard about that. 
Okay. What about Lindsay? Lindsay does not throw pennies in the backseat of no. her car. What about um, loonies and toonies? She, she wants to know our wallet situation. She mostly carries her bank card around, but her partner carries everything he owns in the wallet. His wallet looks exactly like George's. He's complained of back pain uh, because uh, sitting on his wallet makes him so lopsided. Also, maybe it mm-hmm. is realistic. George's yeah. storyline. Right. Uh, Keeve, when I was in college, I used to yeah. carry a prophylactic in my wallet. Mm-hmm. And Just, uh, then after a couple of years, I would have to replace it and put a different yeah, one in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the expiration date. Uh, I just think. I think that's not advised. I think that mm. uh, luckily, uh, you know, we never had to test that out. But uh, <laughs> that's funny. Uh, listen, I had a kid when I was in college, so maybe we should have switched wallets. <laughs> yeah, you should have gone with that. Yeah. Uh, Craig from Vancouver wants to know what kind of music would you play at the Joe Mayo party? For me, it would be podcasts. That's not a suck up. It's literally the only thing I have on my phone. Boy, uh, maybe somebody should come in and put a podcast on at Joe Mayo's party. What podcast should they put on? I mean, it's. I do like the idea of of uh, of like if if you just like played a podcast. But what podcast could you get away with more than any other? That would be my question, right? Like if you just put on, uh, you know, like the Joe Rogan Show or something, and then like five minutes in, they're talking about aliens. Like I think you're getting kicked out of the party. Yeah, what would be the most socially acceptable podcast to put on? Um, so no politics. Well, depends where you are. Right, I guess if everyone, but even so, I don't think people want to listen to politics. Together. I feel like you're, if like if you're in like uh, Brooklyn and you feel like that you have a uh-huh. pretty solid read on the room in terms yeah. of everybody's uh, political affiliation, you know, you might get everybody like really on the same page. Yeah, I guess if it was like a really funny, like particular, like what's the it used to be on the Ringer? What's that show people listen to? Yeah, uh, Pod Save America, Pod Save America, or the Five Thirty Eight one, or something like that. Like maybe people would be into that. Yeah, I've never especially heard those, but, may, yeah. maybe if there was like some like breaking news happening also. Right. Like maybe the day after the election, if everyone in the room was a Democrat or if everyone in the room was a Republican, like and you were sure of that. But <laughs> yeah, uh, in, in terms of any other podcasts, like, I don't know. I think that'd be a, that'd be a stretch. I, I, yeah, I don't think it's a great idea. I, f- yeah. I feel like even, even like just a, or like putting getting jiggy with it on repeat might be better than a podcast. Because, <laughs> it, it, yeah, it would just be background noise at that point if it was just like a one song on repeat. Uh, yeah. What about John W.? He's got a good question. He says, why would the host of the party have his own coat in the stack with all the guests? He doesn't have a closet. It's not like he just came from outside because the party has apparently been going on for a while before the scene starts. It's a really good question, right? No, I don't think it is. I think it's actually a terrible question uh, that I believe Putty went to go look for his coat, didn't see it in the pile of jackets, and went into the closet and took out Joe Mayo's coat. Wait, so here's my coat. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know. I don't know if that's true. Putty goes to look for his coat. Okay. It's not in the pile of coats, yeah. so he's wondering. Do we uh, maybe, see him take it out of the closet? No, we don't see that, but yeah. he's saying maybe somebody hung it up. I mean, if you were at a party, your coat's not on the bed. Sure, you could ask, or maybe you just open the coat closet and say, oh, maybe they, maybe somebody hung it up in there. Or there's a hook with coats, and Joe Mayo's jacket was probably in its regular place, but Putty probably right. just looked there for his jacket. Interesting. Yeah, I, I think Amir, when we get to him in a minute, has uh, has a take on on this also that maybe would provide us with some uh, real clarification. Okay. What about Mason from Chicago? Uh, he says, long-time listener, first-time emailer. He wants to know who the better super was, Silvio or Harold and Manny from season two is The Apartment. Honestly, I don't remember anything about Harold and Manny. Yeah, I mean, I think Harold and Manny, if they were great, they probably wouldn't have been fired. And now Silvio's mm-hmm. here. 
Yeah. I do think, like, you know, Silvio's wife, like, sleeping with the tenants, probably not a great situation. Yeah. I feel like Silvio's not long. We only see him in this episode. He's probably not long for this building. <laughs> yeah, well, maybe that he uh, splits with uh, Svetlana. Uh, I'm trying to look up Harold and Manny. Uh, was Harold uh, Otho from Beetlejuice? You know I don't know anything about Beetlejuice. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, Manny looks a little bit like uh, Spike Lee. Yeah, I liked Harold Manny. I, actually, I don't know which one is which. Harold or Manny? When a, during a rewatch, we'll uh, we'll go back over Harold and Manny. Mm-hmm. Okay. Amir. Uh, yes. All right. So Amir wants to know what kind of an apartment gift is a massage chair. First of all, it's way too expensive for a simple apartment warming gift. Secondly, why would you buy someone else furniture when you don't know if they'll have room for it in the New York City apartment or if it matches something else? It, you know, it, the rest of the apartment. It's a ridiculous gift choice. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. a very lavish gift. It's an expensive gift, and not and like if he doesn't like it. You know, imagine like someone bought you a chair, right? Someone comes over to your house like, thanks, Rob. Uh, I'm sleeping over tonight. I bought you a chair. Well, there's it's 50 50 that your wife is going to want to throw out the chair because she's going to think it's ugly or she'll make you bring it upstairs to your office. Yeah. Right? Like nobody wants. Right. I, I think like maybe if you have like a return policy on it, but I, but this this store is in, De- in Delaware. So good luck to Joe Mayo trying to return it. Good luck with that. Yeah. OK. Um what else he from wants, here? He wants to know, uh, shouldn't Elaine have stopped by Newman's apartment to talk to him about the coat? She's in his building all the time anyway, plus the coat is likely in his apartment, and she's a much better chance at getting it back if it's right there. Yeah, I don't know why Newman has to go all the way over to Elaine's. Hmm. Um, it's a good question. I think he was probably eager to get to Elaine's apartment. I mean, he's talking about how he's imagined it. Yeah, that's true. Uh, this is so, Okay, so here's Amir trying to solve our whose coat was it situation. After careful, after careful observance, I noticed that the coat Elaine throws out the window was actually the same coat she just put out on the bed. Hmm. That's Putty's coat. Joe Mayo's coat, Amir says, is actually taken by Putty. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so we, we uh, what's, this, what's the, right, isn't that what we're to assume? Um, like, I don't yeah, think, I mean, we break, I, I, we're not breaking what, any ground here, right? What's the confusion? Yeah. No, I guess there is no confusion. Yeah. We really, that, maybe we should have asked, uh, we should have asked. Spike Ferriston. Uh, I don't think that this is that unclear. I don't understand where uh, people are getting confused that that Putty wore the jacket. Mm -hmm. Elaine is given the jacket by Putty when she has to put the coats on the bed. She takes the Putty jacket, throws it out the window. Joe Mayo happened to have one that was his hanging up on a hook or in a closet. Putty goes to look for his jacket, takes the Joe Mayo jacket. Okay. Yeah, no, I'm not confused. I just think, like, your assumption that he took it for, that was you know the coat that was hanging i'm not so i'm not sold that that's for sure the case but what's the other explanation that he had it on the bed so he just took it from the bed why if you were having a party why would you put your own coat on your bed with everybody else who's a guest's coat i guess but and i would i would counter with why would you go into his closet to take out a coat but i guess like if you just you saw can't a, find yours coat, Right. You saw an identical hang. You're like, oh, maybe somebody thought this was a fancy coat. So they did this favor for me and hung it up. Yeah. And if you're hung up on the closet, maybe Joe Mayo has a, a coat hook. Yeah. No, that's OK. We're, we're on the same page. No mystery here. Chester says, what kind of man wearing a fur reference is Stein Erickson? He was a Norwegian Olympic skier in the 1940s and 50s who later was a ski instructor in the U.S. Why would the gang even know who he is? That's a fair point. Yeah, this is one of the craziest references of the series. We actually should have asked him. We should have asked yeah. him first just because it's such a bad reference. Leif Erikson, maybe, I feel like. that. He's yes. like a Viking. Sure. Yeah, he's a Viking. 
Uh, yes. He probably um, also tore his ACL. And is b- I believe uh, was Leif Erikson uh, mentioned recently on a 32 Fans podcast. Was he? I don't know. It's an Interpol song I like. I'm not sure yeah. if it was mentioned on the. I feel like that there was. Uh, I, I know the history of uh, Minnesota somehow, and I. Feel oh like yeah, you know Chester probably went into like a long history of Minnesota, yeah. and I probably tuned out. Yeah, that's a good call. <laughs> Wasn't Kramer ahead of his time with no wallet? These days, tons of people use that pocket that attaches to the back uh, of the phone to hold their cash and cards, and soon wallets will be extinct because all transactions will simply take place on smartphones. Not everyone has a smartphone, Chester. Yeah, and where will I keep my prophylactics, Chester? (laughs) Yeah, good question. Good question, right? They're going to have to sit in your drawer and expire. Yeah. No, is there anything that is currently in the wallet that won't be a part of the uh, smartphone? I mean, are are your credit cards really going to be, like, part of the smartphone? You're not not even going to have to physically carry them? Apple Pay, right, right. Yeah. I mean, I think we will get there eventually, but... I think it'll. I think the credit card companies have too much of a reason to not want this to happen. Yeah, they want you to still have the plastic. I think if you have the plastic, it probably benefits them. Plus, like maybe Apple could become a credit card company and just wipe all like Amex and Visa out of business. Oh, that's interesting. They want to get into that market. So, uh, yeah, we'll see. I don't think we're there yet. I think we still got no. a little while. Okay. Uh, and so Chester also says uh, with that. George's wallet has nothing on his brother's wallet. So, what does he have? A picture of this wallet? Yes, he posts a picture. You can click on it and and see. But I'll, I'll list while you look at the picture. I will list some of the things that Shy Chester's wallet has. It's pretty amazing. Now, what I really needed was this picture of the wallet before, before they took after. everything out. Yeah, right. terrible job by Chester. Yeah, not it's great. just an after. All right, but here are some of the things in Shy Chester's wallet. Ten Indian rupees, one hundred seventy Macau patakas. $500 from Hong Kong, 87 from the United States, 50,000 Vietnamese dongs, 2,000 uh, Cambodian wow. reels, 100 Kenyan shillings, 100 Czech Karuna, Joe Canal's bottle ship club member, uh, bottle club membership, Trojan bearskin premium lubricant, expired a few years now, ago. Again, uh, yeah. this is odd here. Uh, yeah. This is not a prophylactic uh, lubricant in the wallet. This is uh, <laughs> This is news to me. Yeah, I don't know what's going on there. Uh, a thousand Costa Rican colonists. Okay. Julia Rose's UJA Federation business card and expired an expired mileage. I, I like how many other people's stuff he has here. Expired mileage mileage plus Explorer Mastercard, a MetroCard, VIP Gold card from the Kyber Pass, a restaurant in Hong Kong, a Minnesota ID card that was expired, Sidi Mohammed's business card for traditional weaving in Morocco, Coco Bouge, <laughs> a ten euro cent coin, three used New Jersey transit tickets. Charles Schwab, Grenko Science Grinder. I don't know how what a grinder is, how you could fit in your wallet. Princeton University Visa Card, sick brag. You went to Princeton. Charlie Ticket, Boston Tea. And choose Bloomberg Business Card, Hamilton Deli's VIP Gold Card. A Columbia University idea, crazy brag. You went to two different Ivy League schools. A photo of Ann Chu at age 10. A Mexican bus card. Brooklyn Public Library, much worse than the New York Public Library, by the way. The Get Bent Card Club. It's five scoops away from a free ice cream. Men's Warehouse Perfect Fit Rewards Program. By the way, the going to two different Ivy League schools is like negated by having a men's warehouse. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you just went to zero Ivy League schools. An Aetna insurance card. A thick po- photo of Jerry Chester. I think that's Chester's dad at age 17. A, picture, a photo of Shy with Ada Garrido. I don't know what that is. All right, that's a lot of stuff. I have to give credit. That's like, this sounds like it might be, you know, more than, than George Stans. But I agree, the... 
picture Chester uh, chose is not as impressive because everything yeah. came out of the wallet right. I would have liked to have seen the, uh, the wallet after. folded and closed. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, that, that is pretty amazing. Uh, yeah. Is it possible that uh, Shy Chester, is that, is that the right name? Yes. Uh, is the most interesting man in the world? Is that possible? Uh, at least the most interesting man in the Chester family. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, and then uh, all the stuff is laid out on the table. So, uh, yeah, I don't know how he uh, was able to fit everything in there. And, uh, uh, yeah, I can make out the uh, lubricant in the picture. Again, uh, I don't know if why you, one would carry that in their wallet. Uh, it's in, like, some sort of, like, uh, I, I would be afraid of leakage there, Keeve. Le- yeah, I, it just sounds like a terrible idea. <laughs> <laughs> All right, there you go. All right, Keith, what's the hashtag today? Oh, do you have anything written down? Yes, yes, the hashtag has to be, uh, I know there was a uh, late push for uh, the Chester stands and coat adjacent, uh, but for me, uh, the hashtag needs to be hashtag low-key thick uh, for a person that you're talking about, an attractive woman who uh, carries very few keys. Right, so that's thick with a CK to distinguish from the other people tweeting about CC. <laughs> and capitalize the K-E-Y, right? Yes, to the most attractive women out there with uh, either zero or one keys. Uh, yes. Those are most, uh, most low-key thick. Okay. Uh, Keeve, what's coming up next week? Next week we got the cartoon. Uh, we're going to have, you know, Kathy Griffin's been in the news a lot in the last few months. Mm-hmm. And it's a very Kathy Griffin-heavy episode. Elaine also obsesses over the meeting of a cartoon in The New Yorker. And Elaine and Kramer say that George's new girlfriend looks like Jerry. Okay. So uh, we'll talk about that all coming up uh, next week. Of course, uh, stay tuned for our uh, interview with Spike Ferenstein, uh, which is going to be dropping early this week. Uh, a special treat for those of you who have stayed uh, subscribed and listened to the podcast the whole way through. All the people that are not subscribed to the podcast, they will not know what they are missing out on. Yeah. Can I tell you, by the way, uh, before we say goodbye here? Uh, yes. We have made a lot of references on other podcasts, on like the mother feed of RHAP and stuff, um, to the fact that no new listeners, right? Like Kanye West style, no new friends. Yes. We are not allowing anybody else to come aboard if you're in season nine. And I will say a lot of people took us at face value <laughs> because someone said, hey, can I listen to the candy part of this? Can you send me the, the timestamp to the link of the, uh, the candy discussion in last week's episode? And then they said, wait, forget it. I don't have a subscription. And they were not joking. Yes. People, well, it's good. People take us very seriously, Keith. Yes, they should. Take us literally, yes. not yes. seriously. Um, all right. Great stuff uh, here today in this uh, podcast. Uh, I mean, it's really uh, such a long episode, Keith, that I barely even remember uh, what we were talking about in the uh, first part of this episode. Yeah, it feels like days ago when we started. This it feels episode. like days ago we started uh, recording this. All right. Anyway, Keith, so uh, great stuff. Uh, really looking forward to you guys hearing our interview uh, with Spike. Uh, had a lot of uh, great stuff with him. Keith, uh, what's coming up on 32 Fans? You don't even know? Uh, we have a we have a candy bar rankings coming out. We uh, we went to uh, every candy store in three different countries, and we bought them out, and we're ranking candy bars from uh, you know from the worst to the best, and uh, it was a lot of fun. So hopefully people will like it. Okay, bar rescue. That's what you should call that. Episode. Oh, we should have called it bar rescue. Yeah, <laughs> Taffer will be all over us. He'll see. <laughs> All right. Uh, big thanks to Scott St. Pierre. We really uh, made a lot of work for him uh, with this episode. So uh, thank you so much. He's counting down the episodes till this is a wrap on the Seinfeld poster recap. And of course, uh, thanks so much to Mike Moore, who uh, writes up the recaps. Keith, anything else? No, I think we're good. Looking forward to next week. 
All right, take care, everybody. Have a good one. Bye.